on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will take a break from Andor to dive into the latest Bad Batch Season 2 trailer and info dump because the Force granted their wishes from last week and the show's details are now quite clear. If Clone Force 99 isn't your bag, they'll also riff on some new and intriguing rumors about the Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew series and how they may cross over with each other. If you're more into the new new, the homeboys will also talk about some set leaks from the Acolyte, which showcased more than a few live-action High Republic Jedi. Finally, if you hate all things Disney Star Wars, the dudes will also dig into the latest Jedi Survivor trailer and news to get fans ready for Cal's next adventure. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of top five Star Wars fan artist features. Punch it, Chewie! Off. Hey, now, everybody, welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show, and I see a long-lost SWTSer in the live stream today. Welcome back, PK, a.k.a. Perfected Chaos, a.k.a. James will break your face, Shepard. It's good to see you back, my man. I'm guessing he's back because maybe we're talking some Star Wars video games or he isn't streaming himself today, but it's nice to see him back in the live stream chat. Hey, if you're new here or if you're going, hey, I never get to play with the live stream. Well, we do it now. We're doing it right now. Tuesday, 2.30 p. East or as close as we can get. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Um, I actually forgot to put out, hey, we're live. There we go, live. <laughs> I'm doing it doing it right now, live on the show. Uh, but while I'm doing that, Nick, we had a, we had a few things planned that I, I am going to have to renege on, okay? Hey, uh, th- Those of you loyal listeners might have been strapped in and ready to hear my, my opus on... I'll, go, I'll give you a tease, if anything. It's my 11 Rogue One characters that need to be in Andor Season 2, okay? That, <laughs> that, that was the plan today. I even drew up a graphic, okay, Nick? You know me, graphic artist extraordinaire. It's all ready to rock with it. But I was looking at the schedule. I'm going, you know what? What, what, what are we doing here? Like, we're in, we're in Star Wars no man's land for the next two or three weeks, which means content is going to be meager. So I looked at the schedule. I'm like, shit, man, we got Bad Batch to talk about, Jedi Survivor. We got an Acolyte leak. We got Ahsoka leaks. We got Skeleton Crew leaks. <laughs> what the fuck do we need a special topic? So I, I, I grabbed it by my hands and drop kicked it into next week. So um, if you're here for the Andor special topic, our, our kind of our, our nail in the coffin on Andor, at least until we get more leaks and stuff to talk about season two, that has been pushed. To next week so next week will be our last show of 2022 so make sure to tune in we're going to do the andor special topic again 11 can 11 characters from rogue one that must be in andor season two or we'll riot and then we're also going to do our patented never recreated 
Nick and Matt's top 10 Star Wars moments of the year segment, as we've been doing since we started the SWTS. Uh, so we will not have a show during the, the Christmas break, meaning the week of the 26th. Remember, we, we give ourselves one fucking week out of the year where at least one of us is not holding down the fort. And, and that's going to be the week of the 26th. So we're going to be here next week to kind of close out the year. Week of the 26th, we're taking off to, you know, eat, hang out with the family, do whatever, sample this, sample that. And then, in a first, I just got Nick's agreement. Our first show back is going to move to the Wednesday premiere of Bad Batch Season 2. That's right, people. You've asked for it in the past. We're doing it for the Bad Batch. So our first show of 2023 will be January 4, Bad Batch Season 2 premiere day. Yes, Matt will be pulling all sorts of duties that day, uh, but it just has to happen based on real life and schedules and kids and all that shit. All right. Indeed. So hopefully all you were taking notes because I'm not going to talk about it again. And you know, we're not <laughs> going to post and keep you informed because we are very bad at that type of stuff. <laughs> we just assume that you all are always in the know with all things and SWTS and you can read our minds. But if you, if th- you there listen, you go. If you listen to the show, then you know when things are going to be changing or things are going to be different. So there you go. Make sure you listen to the show. That's and right. And this, it's not going to be a permanent move to Wednesdays, so don't get all excited. It's just this is a one-time deal. Uh, I, I realize my daughter, th- their freaking Christmas break extends all the way to Tuesday of, the, of January. It's usually, you know, they get the Monday off and they're back in school. No, they're keeping them out on a Tuesday. And I was like, you know what? I'm off the next two weeks. It's going to be my last day with the little lady. I, I, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be the, the Star Wars guy. I got to do Star Wars show. Go away. No. It's not happening. Moving it to Wednesday, which will be nice. We'll be able to handle the two-episode premiere of The Bad Batch. How about that, dude? Just last week, and this happens to us all the time. What, what was I pining away for just last week? Oh, where's The yeah. Bad Batch? We were oh, I'm Matt. Where's The Bad Batch? Oh, no one loves The Bad Batch. And then fucking Wednesday, Lucasfilm's like, oh, Matt, you want some Bad Batch news? And it unzipped its pants. It's like, there you go. Everything. I mean, they're like... Eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. We heard you through the force. So we got all sorts of Bad Batch details to go over. Man, I'm excited today. Let me calm down. Hold mm-hmm. on. I'm already sweating out my pits. <laughs> uh, but anyways, lots of good stuff to talk about today. So that, that's why we mixed around the schedule. But, but you've got it. We're doing that Andor thing next week. We'll have some fun. Especially if you've watched Rogue One since watching Andor Season 1. I, I really do think there are 11 characters that just scream, we need to be in Andor because we talk a lot in Rogue One and we are in key positions and do key things. So that's the tease for next week as well as our top 10 Star Wars moments of 2022. And here's a tease on that. Nick's number one are the Vespas from the Book of Boba Fett. Okay? I loved them. Nothing I wrong told him with I wasn't going to spoil it, but in, in Star Wars every now and then, <laughs> I just I, I I outed his number one pick. Okay, <laughs> uh, my my number one is the uh, cinematography of the Kenobi series. Hey, so look. there you go. My number one may very well be the Kenobi series. I really enjoy, it. but yeah, hey. that, that's all good. But like I said, Nick and I, we always we we come up with our own top ten list, and we sit here and we have a pissing match over who was more right in their own opinions. Because that's that's how we that's how humans discuss now, right? 
opinions become facts, so we got to fight people over their opinions, especially about science fiction programs. Woo! Okay, dude. If you, uh, I'm, I'm usually the, the long-winded one here with pop culture talk, uh, but I, I'm going to have to defer to you today because I, I was bad. I, I, didn't, I didn't get mixed up in really anything new pop culture last week outside of finally tuning into the you know, a day late dollar short premiere of the Santa Claus series on Disney plus starring Tim Allen. Uh, if you've liked that franchise, I'd say go ahead and check out the TV series. They're kind of doing something fun with that. Uh, but I, I didn't see any new movies. Uh, we, we watched a lot of reruns or, you know, we're in like the Haywood. Let's watch as many Christmas movies as possible mode these days. <laughs> uh, so I didn't really check out a- anything new. I did put the peripheral to bed. Excellent. Uh, season you get good answers nice setup for season two uh but really nothing new just just still riding strong on marvel midnight suns on the xbox series x fucking loving that game uh, as telling nick earlier it 100 percent for me has that you know one more turn type of uh motif to it and if you're a gamer you know what i mean it's like hey it's getting late i need to do something one more turn hey it's really getting late now i need to go to bed one more turn <laughs> it, it's a good game very good game. Uh, but re- yeah, really nothing new except for, um, unlike, I, I don't think Nick's excited and I don't know how many of you are, but, uh, I'm kind of pumped to go see Avatar the way of the water. I uh, got my, my, uh, my tickets for Monday. I usually go, uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday premieres, but that kind of fell through. So I'm going next week on Monday. Nick reviews have dropped as of noon today and they're they're all over the place. I mean, you, you can tell there are people that hate their jobs and hate going to movies like Avatar. And you can tell people that may be blown a few too many bits of smoke up James Cameron's mm-hmm. ass. So yeah. I don't know. I'll see it. I'll see it next Monday. Report back Tuesday. I will probably not see it in theaters. Um, the one thing that I did go see in theaters recently was The Menu, which was fantastic if you uh, i don't want to cut you off but little grogu's here just to say hello <laughs> we got a little today was hat day at, at her elementary school so she wore her grogu santa claus no, hat snow day oh I'm, we uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry apparently my elf was in underwear yeah your your dad is forever a failure i'm sorry i apologize for getting the terminology mixed up mm-hmm. good to see you back all right Okay, now we'll let Mr. Nick get back to his movie review. All right. Sorry uh, about that, Nick. Go ahead. The, the um, menu, which I really want to see, and I was supposed to see last Thursday, but I took too long farting around with bad, bad shit. Go. <laughs> uh, yeah, menu. So that is Ralph Fiennes and then a bunch of other people that you'll know. If, you know, if you've seen the Harry Potter movies, uh, Ralph Fiennes is the guy who plays uh, Voldemort. Um, just like overall, like a very fantastic dark comedy slash... I don't want to call it a horror movie because I don't think it is, but it is definitely like a like a dark comedy thriller type of movie. Um, and look, if you've seen trailers for it and you have like an idea of what you think the movie's going to be, it's probably right on the nose. But it's so well executed that like you're not really looking for twists or turns or anything like that. You're just really like settling in and enjoying the film for what it is. So um even from somebody like Taylor, who is who's typically not the type of person who likes, you know, like horrors or like scare, like quote unquote, like scary movies. Um, she she thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Um, definitely w- worth a watch. I mean, it's an hour and 45 minutes, so you're not going to be in for like a super long Marvel-esque slog of like two, two and a half hours plus. Like, it's just... Three hour, 10 minutes on Avatar 2, buddy. I can't I, wait. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go see it. Like, I... There's I, like no editing there. Like, how, how do you end up with a three hour and 10 minute long movie? Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, well, of course they're not going to tell James Cameron to edit his movie because he's James Cameron. But uh, I mean, like... I've seen like the stuff for Avatar. Like I enjoy the Avatar ride in Disney. I think that that what they've done with the Avatar section of Animal Kingdom is fantastic. Like the mood, like I don't want to go sit for three hours and 10 minutes in a movie theater and like watch some like I'll, I'll, I'll see. I mean, like if, if they're like if you come back and say like, oh, my God, it was amazing. You have to go see it then maybe. But it's just one of those movies that I'm not like super interested in. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I think he, he did. They, they took too fucking long. I mean, the, you got to remember, like, it, it's hard. It's hard to remember 2009. But th- that it was it was everything. It was it knocked fucking Titanic. You know, it was uh, making all this fucking money. It was in theaters for like a year straight. It was the best 3D ever. I bought a 3D TV because of it. But it's hard to to maintain that allure for thirteen fucking years yeah. in between sequels. And then like, so I, I I think you're probably like most people. Me, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a goon. I I can't wait to see it. I loved Avatar. I loved the world he created. And let's be real, James. You know, we can make fun of him, but the dude is a visionary for sure in terms of of, of filmmaking. So yeah, I'll I'll let you know. But but what I've been hearing, dude, like I said, I mean the the reviews are all over but there are they all pretty much say it is it is like the next visual spectacle of cinema but it's it's overwhelming and i guess that makes sense for a three hour and ten minute long movies yeah i think like i mean that is one thing that i've read is that you know like he had to wait for technology to get to the point to where he could like film everything that he wanted to film underwater because apparently a lot of the underwater filming is actually filmed underwater oh yeah yeah Uh, like mocap and like stuff like that was done underwater so it it seems very interesting um but we'll see i mean like it's it's it it's one of those things where it's like i may go see it i may not um the other recommendation i have so other than the menu which i think that everybody should go see yeah i've I've been that that's been on my list i just keep fucking up you know just either work too late and can't hit my window or He's like, oh, the other movie's coming out. I'll go. No, yeah. You know, I had to. Go, I had to go see Violent Night. I mean, that, I, I still highly recommend that Christmas movie with David Harbour. But go ahead. <laughs> what else you got um, for us? Other recommendation for me is if you have HBO Max, uh, Taylor and I basically binge watched all of the Sex Lives of co- of College Girls up until the most recent episode over okay. the last like four days or so, basically just like over the weekend and and then through, uh, Monday, um, winter it's, it's fantastic. And look, like it was one of those shows where I had initially no interest in it because I never watched sex in the city. I never watched girls. Like those just didn't seem like things for me. Um, one of Taylor's coworkers had told her like, Hey, this show is great. You guys should watch it. Um, so we watched a trailer and I was like, you know what? This actually seems like funny, like funnier than any of those other like, uh, you know, HBO, like generational women shows like like Sex in the City or Girls. And I was like, we can give it a shot. Like, we'll we'll watch and see what happens. And we were fucking hooked after the first episode. It's it's so funny in it. Like 
I mean, again, like we're like Taylor and I are not parents, so we don't have like a parental angle at this. But you're watching uh, essentially the show is based around four incoming freshmen to a very prestigious college. Um, and they all, you know, room together. They have different backgrounds and stuff like that. And it's just it's just a funny show. Like, it's just a well-written, funny show that. Um, was very like refreshing to see because we've been like kind of bouncing back and forth between like, you know, docu-series, documentaries. We started watching the Chippendale show on Hulu because we had heard the podcast series about it. That's also good if you're interested like, in like like men, male penises, Chippendale or like the chipmunks. No, like the Chippendale strip show. Yeah. yeah um okay. Yeah, because that was, <laughs> um, it's funny, dude, like Kumail Nanjiani plays the lead role in it. Um, and, you know, oh, it's he, like a real there. Is it based on something? Oh, no. Yeah, it's, it it's like the actual. Comedy? No, it's the actual story. Okay. So it's like a little okay. bit of like lightly comedic, but obviously like obviously because of the subject matter, lightly comedic, but also like very drama ridden because um basically the way that that story went is like Kamel Nanjiani's character founded Chippendales. He hired a choreographer to come in and, um, and like do all the dance routines for it and stuff like that. And then those two end up getting in a massive feud. You have, you know, people putting hits out on each other, like art, like just (laughs) so much shit happening in, in this, you know, behind the scenes in this show. Um, it's fantastic. It's, It's so like, if you, I mean, like, even for somebody who, like, obviously has never been to a Chippendale show, and we weren't even really alive at the height of Chippendales, because that was kind of, like, in the the late 70s, earlier 80s. Taylor and I were born late 80s. Um, it, it, it's just a really, fan, like, fascinating story. Um, Does that sec- shit even exist anymore? Because, like, they I, do I just... In- Vegas, they do Vegas. There's like very shows. few women that are as degenerative as as men. You know, like I, I get why they're strip clubs because men were were you know we're fucking animals. I but think women, that, it's the, women really aren't motivated by looking at at dicks and balls. You know I don't know, I mean? like you like you would think that, but then after you like hear the docu, like if you actually like listen to the like the podcast documentary series and you watch the show. You find out that you are extremely freaky, wrong. Huh? You are extremely wrong about I think, that. I think what Nick's saying <laughs> is after every episode, him and Taylor had to go to the bedroom as fast hey. as possible is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fun, like, that's a cool show. Uh, but I would definitely recommend Sex Lives of we, College we, Girls. Did, we, you had you, uh, we had you and Taylor at like a, a Star Wars Chippendale show at, at Celebration Chicago, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> I, I was all fucked up that night, but didn't we, we, went we like to, nominated yeah. you two to get up on stage and you did like had to take off robes or something. I, yeah. So like we, it was, a <laughs> it was like one of the, what is it called? Uh, improv shows and stuff like that. And I got called up on the stage twice during <laughs> celebration 2019. So I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have been able to participate because at that point yeah. I think I was like eight or nine strong IPAs deep. Yeah, you were very, very yeah. drunk. Uh, but yeah, in fact, during that show, we got yelled not like our table got yelled at by the improv yeah. troupe because they wouldn't <laughs> shut the fuck up. They like they would not stop talking. Yeah, well, so. th- they was essentially Nick's nice way of saying Matt. Cause I no, was, it wasn't I was even you. Fucking- it was like it was Taylor and Heather <laughs> and and Sammy. Like it was the way. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like you were too. Like remember, you were, we, we we left the place and then we had to go back because someone fucking forgot shit. And then yeah. I was drunk and I need to eat, so we had to find some street meat somewhere. <laughs> and I was like eating street meat on the train. Yeah. And then we, the next day was the Mandalorian panel. Like no one was- knew anything about the Mandalorian. We got tickets to the panel. And I am fucking deathly hungover, like yeah. waking up the old, <laughs> hey, Nick, you guys dump me down, uh-huh. like that type of shit. <laughs> I remember the, the cab ride over, I had the, the, you know, the drunk sweats. And I was like, fuck, if we don't get out soon, I'm going to vomit again in the fucking taxi. Mm. And yeah, luckily we got there and, and my meds started to kick in. But yeah, that was fuck, man. I, I've made some very poor decisions <laughs> at E3s and celebrations in my life. So yeah, that just, was, just watch I don't out. even want to call that a poor decision on your part because you were just getting fed alcohol by yeah. your wife. It's like, like, I, you know, we, we, we start with dinner. I'm like, all right, it was a good day at the show. Nick and I, we just did a live podcast from the hotel. I want to yeah. have a, I want to, you know, I want to let loose. So like, give, give me an IPA. I'll never forget the night because we were at this restaurant and, and one six shooter was there. I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. good to see you. Sure, and that's where it all started. Yeah. And it's like you, the, the women, as you say, the devils they're like oh he was drinking ipa three hours ago so let's just keep giving him ipas when he asks for beer and like i said we're we're like eight nine ten eleven twelve deep and i'm (laughs) drinking you know seven eight percent alcohol beers i was i mean it was it was a fucking blackout you know oh yeah chicago blackout it was but i made it i made it to the panel i made it to the panel yeah i mean vomit on my vomit on my shirt probably and shoes (laughs) but we made it it was a fun night. But yeah, so um, those are my pop culture things. If you want to check those out, definitely do it. Um, all fun stuff. All right. We had a few from the uh, live stream chat here. We got uh, uh, Kevin saying Dances with Wolves in Space 2. So I'm guessing that's Avatar. That's funny that Kevin says this because I actually saw someone tweet out. They're like, if if Avatar 1 was Dances with Wolves in Space, Avatar 2 is Apocalypto. So okay. I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to take that for what it is, and, and I'll let you know I next week. I always like compared it to Fern Gully, but like that was because Fern Gully. No, was- no, you're right. That that was it. You're right. It was Dances with Wolves meets Fern Gully was the first one, and this yeah. one is like Apocalypto and another fucking cartoon. <laughs> I forget because I'm stupid. Uh, here we go. SW props sharing drunken stories from Celebration Chicago. Devin blacked out and made it to the panel too. See, it, it hey, happens to the best of go. us, man. It's like, hey, I got I got passes. Not many people could. Let's get all fucked up the night before so we hardly remember the next day and feel miserable. Yay! Drinking's so good for you. Uh, what, do I, what else we got here? Uh, we got a Violent Night fan. All right, Linda, kick ass. Joe, our boy Klondike, saying Pepsi, Where's My Jet? is a great docuseries. That I, is I, I've been wanting fantastic. to check that out. That, that is That's fantastic. on Netflix, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah, and Kevin also, he's wishing he was at Celebration his single days to find himself a Princess Leia. And there are always plenty of those to find, my friend. Try it out someday. Um, I believe I think Kevin's this this dude on Instagram, Bango. <laughs> Bango. Uh, go, Bango, go. All right, yeah. Bango pop, pop culture talk, we've got you covered. Uh, not much help though. All right. So before we get into our main story, just a few quick hitters I, I, I want to riff on here. And if you're on the live stream again, up on the screen, we have the announcement that came out yesterday that Mr. Luna, Diego Luna, AKA Cassian Andor has been nominated for a best performance by an actor golden globe. And, you know, I think that's great. I guess what I'm wondering, Nick is, 
where are all the other fucking nominations? I mean, where's where's Stellan Skarsgård? Where's uh, cinematography? Where's writing? Where well, is this it? Like this, this is all it got was best performance, and it's Diego. I mean, God bless yeah. Diego; he's fantastic. But I'd argue Stellan Skarsgård was the fucking scene stealer of Andor. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that he. If there was going to be one nomination, I would have preferred it to be Stellan because it seems a little bit more. Um, deserve, like, look, like you said, Diego was fantastic in the show. Everybody was fantastic in the show, but I feel like if there was one person that was like, Hey, this person should, should get an award. It should have been Stellan Skarsgård. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's one of those shows that I think that like as much as a star Wars show can, it kind of flew under the radar. Um, but Like, I don't know what else. I also don't know what else was like nominated in those other characters. Yeah, I I guess I should be categories. I don't even know what awards the Golden Globes gives out. Like, I I don't know if they do supporting actor, actress or any of that shit like the Oscars do. I just figure they're essentially the same, except they're the European Oscars, you know, versus ours that happen in in L.A. Uh, But, hey, you know. It is funny, you know, it's not a secret that Andor didn't blow the doors off of, of, of streaming downloads and, and total time, this, that, and the other thing. But I'll tell you what, if you look at any reputable site's end-of-year best TV shows list, Andor's on every single one. It is. It is. I mean, it, it's a critical darling, and, and I do think the fans, or most fans, have come around to it. But even here, like if I scroll down, like some of the comments here, the, the one guy's like, no, uh, Time Grappler should have got it. Here's one. I've already forgotten about the series. Uh, another one here, uh, just more like, oh, it's bullshit. Pretty wooden to me. No real motion. Didn't feel for the character. What are you on? You know, obviously then you then get into the comment battles. But um, it, I think this is the the first Star Wars or, or was Mando recognized by the golden globes or just like the saturn awards i can't remember uh i can't remember either i think let me see yeah, i think it was internet machine i think it was actually yeah, nominated for speak stuff. out a turn and say yeah. that this is the first yeah. star wars uh, let's see golden globe awards 2021 nominated for best drama series so Amanda? yeah i mean last okay. year it, it was nominated for best drama series um, which is surprising because a lot of people consider Andor better than I know, and and I don't yeah. even think that's what I mean. Like, I, did Andor even get that for this year? <laughs> it's just just Diego. Like, I, I don't. I, I find that odd. Like, the show is so damn good, yet Diego's the only one getting honored because he's the face. I guess. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. It pays when your name's on the fucking bill, right? Yeah. If you're on if you're on the playbill or whatever where those things are called, you you're you're gonna get the the accolades and, and recognition. So yeah. um, it was cool though. I, I saw he responded to it from the set of Andor too. Like, yeah, we just got done shooting a hardcore day, season two. What? So <laughs> yeah, good good for them all. And here's these new yellow fucking check marks on Twitter. Look how stupid. Oh well. What does yellow mean? Yellow means you're really verified or not. I have no verified. fucking clue, honestly. Like, I, I don't know where it's at anymore. It's like, what's yellow versus blue? Because yeah, no, Xbox I, is yellow, Marvel Entertainment's yellow, but Ryan Reynolds is blue. I think it's like, 
is the one the one that you pay Elon. for? Because like if you hover over a blue check, okay, mark, yellow. This account is verified because it's an official business. That's what Star Wars says. Let and then the on. yellow one or the blue one say this is a legacy verified account. It may or may not be notable, which is just like the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you could go to Barack Obama's profile right now, and it'll say this is a legacy account. It may or may not be notable. <laughs> you, want, you want me to be I, like, I, I don't know if like the yellow one is is the one that you have to pay for now, like because I know that that was something that like you were gonna have to pay. I stopped keeping up with Twitter. What a shit show. Yeah, I stopped keeping up it's with just Twitter. It's so dumb. Recently, like, so okay, hey, ho- hopefully he makes his money. I guess it's stupid. Yeah. All right, so th- th- that's a quick hitter. This other quick hitter. Uh, you know, we we've uh, we've talked about Patty Jenkins and her struggles on this show before, but man, was she taking it on the chin last week? She was getting drop kicked from DC and Star Wars. It was like she couldn't hide last week from criticism about her her screenplay writing abilities. So, just just to catch everyone up, uh, you know, James Gunn and this Peter or something Saffron, they're the new heads of of DC for Warner Brothers. Okay, like they, they've been brought in to essentially Feige the fuck out of it. And you know, there's a rumor going around like they've already canceled Wonder Woman three. And, you know, James came out as like, ah, you know, we're not, we haven't made any of those decisions yet. But then, of course, once that starts happening, more, more dirt comes out. And apparently, uh, like Patty would, would hear nothing about screenplay edits or rewrites for Wonder Woman 3 uh, to the point where I guess she was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm out of here. So that, that happened for Patty last week. (laughs) We learned that she, she, for some reason... Either she had a ghostwriter or someone else wrote Wonder Woman 1, but it seems like from Wonder Woman 2 on, she is struggling with her her writing partners at coming up with screenplays that studios want to produce. Yeah. So, you know, we we heard that about Wonder Woman 3, but then, Nick, after that drop, people on this Hot Mike podcast is John... Racha and Jeff Snyder, they they, they fire up the mics and, and they had this to say. <laughs> I've heard some things about Patty Jenkins. I heard she's a fucking nightmare. I get it. I hate to be the guy calling a woman a nightmare, but my God, I've said that about countless male directors. So like, I've heard that the Wonder Woman 3 script she turned in was a mess. I heard the Star Wars thing, Rogue Squadron, was a mess. Like, what do you want from me? Okay, so, I mean, Nick, without being in the know, has kind of been saying that for the past year, once we found that Rogue Squadron was in trouble, was getting pushed. I mean, this guy right here, to my right or my left, I can't tell, was the guy saying, like, listen, this is more than likely because Patty Jenkins is a fraud. And and that's what I want to know. Like, dude, did she write Wonder Woman 1? Because I I still contend Wonder Woman 1 is a good movie. It's one of the best DC movies out there. It is. But it's then, one of the then best. what the fuck happened? Like, did did they give her too much power? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to tell because I feel like usually what happens with the first movie is that, I mean, actually, if you look at the if you look at the writing credits for Wonder Woman, um, for Wonder Woman one, she doesn't even have one. Screen well, ba- screenplay by Alan go. Heinberg. Story by Zack Snyder, Alan Heinberg, Jason Fuchs. So, like, she didn't actually go. write it. 
All right. And well, then, I, then you answered my question for me. That, that makes sense. Because yeah. it's like, oh, well, you did go in this one. Now we'll let you have a hand in Wonder Woman 2. And we all know what happened there. And it yeah. sounds like that carried over into Wonder Woman 3. And yeah. sadly, to Rogue Squadron. Yeah, because uh, Wonder Woman 1984, which was the second one, writing credits. I mean, I'm gonna, the first two names right off the top just tell you that this is going to be fucked. Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns was the previous creative officer, creative director for right. the the DC kind of universe. Well, that those has, two were working on Wonder Woman three, so yeah. they they kept the shit going into the third one, which yeah. is probably never going to see the light of day now. Oh no, it has officially been canceled by uh, at least as far as as I know, as far as I read. Like like um, Gunn said, like it's dead and it's not happening. Um, okay, like today, because the, the meetings were supposed to happen like this week, like the high level DC at Warner Brother meetings. Oh, no, I mean, like this may have just been like a like a. Yeah, I mean, this is from Vulture and this was from the ninth. This, so this was from a while okay, ago. So, it says, so still last week. So let, let, let's I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I think it is DOA, but Gunn did say like everyone, our meetings are next week. That's when the discussions are going to take place, and hopefully we'll get the roadmap after that. But it, it does sound like they're planning to uh, start everything over, which is which is funny because they just hyped this Henry Cavill's back, and okay, well, if you're going to scrap the Snyderverse, I think he goes with it, right? I mean, I, like, there's they're, been they're, a they're lot trying of to sh- justify the Black Adam's going to make money, and there's some people saying it will, uh, or some people saying it won't. So oh like, no, the, like. Black Adam from the last thing that I read is is estimated to lose nearly a hundred million dollars at the box office. So um, it needed like six hundred million to break even, and it did not get there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of stuff out there about Gun not liking Cavill or Gun like Gun and Cavill having an issue, but then Guns come out and said like I don't have an issue with with Henry Cavill, and you know so. What what really sucks is for is Witcher fans because like the reason that Henry Cavill is not playing the Witcher anymore or, or Geralt in the Witcher series is because apparently like he was like greenlit to go like all right we're gonna fucking make another well, he, Henry he Cavill and the showrunner hate each other too like I think that that oh, helps like, they they completely disagree on like story direction he wants more true to book where you know she's Hollywooding it, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure his his potential DC uh, duties would affect that too. It's just listen, like I don't fucking hate the Snyderverse. It's not great. I I, I think it's weird scrapping characters again. I mean, I think Cavill could be a great Superman. I think Gail Gadot Gadot is a fantastic fucking Diana. Uh, but it's already sound like they're gonna take Aquaman and make him Lobo. It's like everything's getting fucked up again in dc yeah, no. i mean honestly uh, it it needs to be rebooted like yeah it, you're not it, wrong it's just a shame that 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 whole cast from the snyderverse which i think that it was a good cast outside of crazy ezra miller yeah gone like just gone completely wasted hey, in man. my opinion just like completely if i was gone and i was coming into like if i like 
you know you're basically walking into a house on fire as yeah no yeah he has to he has to he has to clean house you're you're right i mean it's just it's sucky because i i do feel like some of them were i mean ben affleck was a good fucking batman yeah i I liked ben affleck as batman and then like the batman thing never got figured out because matt reeves as batman was separate than fucking other batman like like 18 universes to deal with so and you know i I trust james gunn but he's He's got a lot of work I mean, ahead of him. <laughs> he's essentially he's essentially starting in like 2007. Oh yeah, like Cause, with because that's when that's when BBS. Feige started all this shit. Like Feige way back then, because Iron Man was 2009. So you got to figure Feige and the powers of B. They they were starting this whole MCU project probably two years prior to the the first movie. So uh, I mean we're, we're we're looking at at 10, 15 plus years before the DC universe could be at Marvel level. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna take a long time, but it needs to be done correctly, and and you can't really do that by trying to like piece together the things yeah. that kind of right. work and then scrap the things that don't work. It's just better to reset from zero. I trust Gunn more than I trust Snyder. Um, Snyder was always kind of like the visual guy, but really yeah. was only making movies based off of things that other people have written. So like, you know, you would imagine that he would have done well with, with DC considering there's so much source material, but he just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he went wrong, but it just didn't work out. So, um, yeah, the DC yeah, universe. I mean, shit got fucked up for him. You know, like his daughter took her own life in the middle yeah. of all this. Like, you know, things just went bad. Uh, but Hey, all right, well, there you go. I think it's time for some Star Wars time. Although, you know, we, we, we kind of touched on the galaxy far, far away here and there throughout those random tangents. But let's go ahead and shift our focus to the Bad Batch Season 2. Because last week, like I said, I, I spoke it into existence. You know, uh, SW Black Series Clips is, is asking me to ask for the Ahsoka trailer. I, I, I don't think my powers will work with that. But humana, 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 please give us the Ahsoka trailer. Hum. Um, check back right, in three months and then you might get it we'll see yeah there. <laughs> but we did we got uh, i mean we got everything a bad batch fan could possibly want last wednesday we got a new trailer we got a, a poster plot synopsis episode titles and air dates and my god i looked at the air dates and my stomach sunk i was like oh no oh no there's multiple multi-episode release weeks and for the whole fucking month of march it's gonna run concurrently with the mandalorian yeah no i mean (laughs) that yeah that is a nightmare nightmare. oh man but anyways before we get to me lamenting over that schedule because you know for normal people are like sweet for the month of march I'm, i'm gonna have like hours of star wars content to watch uh, I, I think it's a shame. It's odd that D- Disney, for the first time, is deciding to overlap a series and it's Star Wars and not Marvel, but whatever. Whatever, I'll get over it. But here we go. Let, let's get into some of the details and then we'll, we'll kind of break down the trailer, which I actually found the trailer to be perfect in that it, it didn't really show shit. There really wasn't much to break down, which I, I, I enjoy. But there were a few things I noticed that I'd like to talk about with Nick, so... Uh, we'll get there. But first, let's get to the air dates and uh, episode titles. So, like I said, there's going to be three 
weeks during the Bad Batch Season 2 run where you're going to get doubled up. You're going to get two episodes released back to back. And it's going to start with the premiere week of January 4th. So you're going to get episodes 201 and 202, which are titled Spoils of War and Ruins of War. And Nick, we've learned, thanks to a new synopsis, that the new season is going to open and only months have passed. Okay? Only months have passed since the events on Camino, and the Bad Batch continue their journey navigating the Empire after the fall of the Republic. They will cross paths with friends and foes, both new and familiar, as they take on a variety of thrilling mercenary missions that will take them to unexpected and dangerous new places. Uh, we also got some of the cast coming back. Uh, you know, you, you got the usuals, the D. Bradley Bakers, uh, Michelle Ang. You got Rhea Perlman as, as a Sid. Uh, no sheer Dalal is coming back as Rampart. But if you listen to the trailer, Nick, I don't know if you picked up this voice. We got Wanda a new Sun. character coming in. Yeah, Wanda Sykes is going to be playing Fee Genoa, who seems to be a, a contact, a friend, a cohort yeah. of Sid's there on Ord Mantell. So um, episode wise, I mean, I, there's not much we can go off of. Right. I mean, we, we got the titles. Episode three, the, the solitary clone. Do you think that may focus on uh, Cody or Crosshair potentially? Solitary clone almost makes me think Cody. I don't think that. I don't actually. That's a good point, man. It, it, I think it's Cody. I don't think it's Crosshair because even if you look at Crosshair in terms of like his his situation being in like in a part of the Imperial structure and stuff like that, there's still other clones around him. Like we see him actively talking to another clone. Um, that's on the Imperial side in the trailer as well. So like, I don't think it's him, but I do think that Cody, Cody is a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. Now right, we got faster and tomb tribe, the clone, the clone conspiracy and truth and consequences. So this is going to be February 8th, Nick. And this is the, the second two episode drop. So just on those titles alone, the fact that it's getting a double dipper, I, I think we're going to get some major revelations here. I mean, the clone conspiracy, is this where, you know, is it either is it either Cody figures it out finally or do uh, Rex and the clones try to broadcast it out to other surviving clones to let them know that, hey, we were used something like that. Yeah. Uh, truth and consequences obviously will probably be follow up to whatever yeah, the gets the revealed. In, in, yeah. Clone conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, the crossing retrieval. All right. That's either a mission or we're saving somebody. Yep. Metamorphosis. The outpost. Pabu. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe the outpost in Pabu, Nick, and we'll talk about this in our light breakdown, but it does look like we may head to Kashyyyk. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we, we saw Transdotion there raising a forest and Wookiee prisoners. It just it just sounds like Kashyyyk because we know that's what was going down at this time. And then we got Tipping Point and then the Summit and Plan 99 will be our, our final two episodes on March 29th. The Summit and plan nine the summit nick makes me feel like they might be heading to that that i think it's mount cantus that we saw at the end the of cloning. bad batch season one yeah where the they cloning took, facility uh, inside the mountain where they took um uh, what's her name nalase yeah nalase thank you thank you nalase and then plan 99 i wonder if that's just are they working on another crazy clone at this facility or is this clone force 99 their plan to get in there and break in and get something yeah i don't know yeah no i mean like there's a lot that's gonna happen in season two i feel like 
with this with this series, I'm not sure if they're planning like a long tail run. Like I don't know if they want this to be like like Clone Wars where it's like six, seven seasons. Right. Or if they're saying like this is gonna be if, or if this is gonna be more like Rebels, where it's like, hey, four seasons and then we're closing the door. Um because if if that's the case, then we have to figure out like how long can they potentially last and are we going to start seeing members of the Bad Batch like start to get caught, die off, whatever. Um, but it, I, I do think that this is probably going to hold a little quicker of a pace than Clone Wars did. Um, so yeah, no, I, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm definitely... Yeah, I mean, that, that's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking... There you go. Mount Tantus, I think, is the right word yeah. there. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Mount Cantus. Cantus were yes. like people yeah. in Gears of War, I think. <laughs> I think Gears of those are those fucker, those those preacher locusts in Gears of War. Um, yeah, it, you say like it, it is interesting to think how far they'll go because I mean these are these are shorter. There's not as many episodes per season as the first few seasons of Clone Wars, so you got that working for you. Uh, and and really timeline, Nick. I, I still feel like it's got liberty to cover really all the way up through the battle of yeah well, i mean up to rebels i guess yeah uh, i mean y- you could argue it could have the five years to itself before uh fallen order takes place yeah you know and, and, I and think cal that, leaves his mark on this time timeline yeah i think that they, they're definitely gonna run into issues with with like it's, i mean like cal like the problem is is like Cal's a problem for every, like, you know, Clone Wars series or, like, post-Episode well, 3 when series. When we get to the, the Survivor topic, I mean, the, the five-year time jump puts him right at Kenobi timeline. Yeah. So, so like... Jedi Survivor's taking place right during Kenobi. So, and it's one of those things where it's, like, you can, like, for a while, you can, like, allow these, like, that character to kind of have his own journey. But as soon as he does something that's, like, big or that is even like remotely going to start like like sending rumors among the you know among the galaxy among the rebellion factions and stuff like that then it really kind of starts to interfere with everything else that you're telling in that time period because well I, i'm with you man cuz I, I mean i l- l- just hear me out here especially after tales of the jedi ahsoka 100% gets mixed up in rebel cell movement before 5 years after the fall of the republic Oh yeah, almost so, for sure. So so how's this lady or or Rex or how are these people not aware of Cal fucking Kestis gallivanting around the galaxy, finding uh, Jedi holocrons and relics and locations of all the Force users of the galaxy? Yeah, and there's and no also blip like, on their Force radar. Yeah, like killing, like you know, like literally, like fighting and killing, like um, you know, the the Inquisitors and stuff like that. Like this. There would be whispers out there that like there's a Jedi that's that's still alive. Um, yeah, I mean, I like we'll see. I really do hope that like like Lucasfilm proper like starts to take him into account, whether it be even just like mentioning him in in some shows. Like it would be great to just like mention his name in Bad Batch. The actor who plays. Cal Kestis looks exactly like the character, so you can literally have him in live action shows oh, and not even Will have Poulter? like. <laughs> yeah, Will Poulter. <laughs> so you could put Cameron Monaghan in these shows and he looks exactly like Cal. So people would be like, oh my God, that's awesome. They have Cal Kestis in this show. 
It's yeah, just see, one of those. It's an issue. It's an issue. I, I feel like he can only live in like Andor's timeline at this point because like if he hasn't showed up, he he never showed up for the the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, never. You like, know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, fuck it. They can handle it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, cares? I think they'll be that, fine. That new Skywalker kid, he seems kind of talented. It's, they'll be it's all going right. to be interesting to see how, like, now that they're getting so much closer to the actual <laughs> formation of the Rebel Alliance in that in, in this show, like how he, they have they're going to die, handle right? It. Yeah, like he, he's he got to die. die. Kevin's bringing it up in the in the chat, like I mean, it, we think about Clone Force ninety nine. They're they pretty much their their yeah their expiration date is is listed as well. Uh, I don't I I still you know there, there's parts of me that fans speculated or, or you know fan screenplay that the Bad Batch somehow had a hand in Grogu's rescue. I, I don't really know if that I don't think that's a potential thing anymore. Could be Especially, retrieval. Could be episode two ten. That's yeah, the, yeah, that I mean, could be like what Rex is saying. Like I have a mission for you guys. Maybe I, there, there's no way they get him from the temple. Like I mean, come no, on, we're, we're already like is. almost a year beyond the, the Order sixty like that. That so they don't do that. But yeah, maybe they somehow he gets passed to them and and they pass them on to all those aliens on Arvala 7 who knows uh, but, but I think Grogu's story is reserved for the Mandoverse clearly I mean it, it, we've had flashbacks in the book of Boba Fett and in the Mando proper so I, I think he's reserved for there and I'm still trying to figure out who his rescuer could be you know Bear is embarrassed because of that hallway scene in her logo it doesn't make sense Mace fucking Windu they always got that shit out there but someone, I feel like someone special, someone known has to be Grogu's rescuer, at least in in, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, um, we'll, we'll see if that comes up. Otherwise, it, it they, is, it, it's crazy. It's like, like where, where does Bad Batch go? Because I, I would take seven seasons. I, I love it. I, I do feel like it's a true successor to the Clone Wars. But you're not wrong in that things start to get funky. You know, two, two or three years ago, like, hey, we got this timeline. There's it's a blank canvas and now it's like well then you did bad batch then you did kenobi then you did andor then you did jedi you know fallen order and it it's not so blank anymore right nick i mean there's there are they're putting up plot walls that they can't just ram through they they got to account for them at this point yeah it's 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 one of those things too where it's like because of video games too like because of of Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, like you have this ancillary storyline that almost assuredly was was either just like semi passed by, like, like like Dave Filoni is not writing the script for fucking Jedi Survivor. No. So now you have other wrenches thrown in. You have, and look, I don't want to sound weird or sound like kind of, you know, doom say or whatever, but like this was the problem that happened with uh, the sequel trilogies, you had so many cooks in the kitchen that like you started to get ideas and storylines that were being abandoned. You had some storylines that were brought up once and never talked about again. You had some storylines that were completely changed. So like it's, it's one of those dangerous things when you have as much content as you're making coming out as frequently as it's coming out. And I know for star Wars fans, we're like, you know, we're getting a lot of TV shows and stuff like that. But like that, like when you have so many different cooks in the kitchen, like you can have these, these like issues and phantom storylines yeah. and problems that people like Dave Filoni have to come in and say like, okay, well now that this character's here and this show's here, how do I P 
piece this guy right. into this. Where can I put my my plot fixing spackle eras yeah. earlier to try and account for these stories? Yeah. It, I, I I do think Cal is the biggest issue because he's clearly when we're getting this survivor, he's clearly a powerful Jedi Knight at this point in time. He's got to be on people's radar. I mean, he fucking dueled Darth Vader for Christ's sake. Yeah. Uh, like so they, you- they they know about him, but. At the same time, guess who else is is gallivanting around? Uh, I don't know this this girl called Ahsoka Tano, this dude called Kanan Jarrus. Like, hello. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you're someone like Cal and you're doing this big ass mission of tracking down Force users, right? That that was his thing, right? At the end of Fallen Order, oh, I've got this now. It's protected. Let's go track him down to either keep him safe or, or rebuild the Jedi Order. So if you got a, a dude doing that and you have force users out there that are just ignoring it, like it just seems odd. And that, I think that's what Nick is saying. We're, things can get a little squirrely here when you have these these boss level characters like Cal Kestis just kind of out doing their own thing on an island, yet they're not on an island. They, they're in an era now where there's a lot of important shit going on that you would think a, 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 a do-gooder like Cal would be heavily mixed up in. Yeah, and I mean... You know that Cal knows Kanan, or well, like they, they may not know Kanan because Kanan changed his name. Like, yeah, but they, uh, well, yes, but they would have been Padawans together at the same yeah, they, time. Like, I mean, they, they were both Padawans during the Clone Wars, and you would imagine that like he, he would be able to feel his like Force signature or something like that. Same with Ahsoka, dude. I mean, we could yeah. argue Cal, Ahsoka, and Kanan were essentially in the same Padawan class. They yeah. might have graduated, you know. Like Ahsoka might have graduated in 98, Kanan would have graduated in 99, stuff like that. Yeah, so it's it's just a very trippy kind of timeline to play in. But I also think that, um, like, one other thing that I think is that more than likely, he like, he's going to get waxed. Like, he has to die in a game so they can just put that to bed and yeah. then figure out, how to make video games well the problem is is if this game makes a shitload of money again guess what it's called sequel cal lives again (laughs) i don't know man it's 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 getting into a very interesting territory but anyway on on the bad batch we're giving we're we're giving cal way too much time during the bad batch segment so shame (laughs) on us back to the bad batch uh if you are on the live stream we're we're just going to go through some of the stills i captured from the trailer and just kind of talk about what may or may not be uh, going on. But like I said, I, I really enjoyed this trailer because it, it didn't really dive into what I would consider any of the show's main narratives for season two. I, I think it gives you ideas about what we're going to get into in the Bad Batch season two, but it, it, there's really no glaring like, oh, wow, yeah, there's that's going on. So, you know, obviously, Nick, it, it opens and they're on some sort of mission. I'm assuming this this mission on this uh, island planet location. Or yeah, they're on yeah, uh, Star Wars Miami again. From yeah, this is the it, other yeah, side of the beach. The other side of, of Neomos. Good call. Yeah, good call. Yeah. But I, I'm assuming, Nick, this is probably like episode one, two material where we're reintroduced yeah. to the group. It, you know, it, it's kind of funny to to catch us up on their hijinks and how they operate and how they always fuck up missions because you know Wrecker did this or Tech didn't do that or Echo didn't do that thing. Uh, so that was kind of neat, but really, and here's uh, Wanda Sykes' character, mm-hmm. Fee Genoa. Like I said, guessing she's some sort of cohort partner, 
bringing a new opportunity to Sid, and then Sid passes that on to the Batch. Uh, you, you could see throughout this trailer, Nick, they're they're rolling out the TK units. Yeah, but I say and, the new and, the new Stormtrooper units and stuff. Yeah, they're still Daisy clones. Changes. I mean, we, we saw clones like protecting this uh, factory of some sorts. Yep. But it looked like, in terms of occupying forces, those are shifting to the TKs. Uh, and, and it's still that slight tweak where the, the helmets are different than the, uh, the, the TKs we're going to get in by a new hope or Andor, yes. so on and so forth. They're still testing designs, uh, seeing what makes it harder to see out of the helmet and what exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude, the, the empire, they're, they're always about fashion and cost. So yeah. they got to look good, but they got to do it they, on the cheap. Yeah. Got to be real. Cheap. All right, dude, I, I got to ask you about this in the trailer. There's literally a, a, I forget what they call it from new horizon or zero Dawn, whatever that game yeah, horizon called. zero Dawn. Yeah. It's I, that, literally one of those big ass, like giraffe, mo- like robot giraffe things, in, but it's in style Wars. head too. Flat it's like head, the same fucking this, thing, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. I can't tell. So like, the thing is, is one, we've never seen anything like this in Star Wars before, period, from either faction, like from the the Empire or from the Rebellion. This almost feels to me like it's like some lost CIS tech or something like that, because okay. this kind of like build seems like something that like the droid factories would do. You have this massive structure but it it did like that was the first thing I was it, on. It, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" It feels organic though, doesn't it? it doesn't does. almost feel organic. It's not. It, it's not like a a you know true just war machine. It, yeah. it literally looks like a, a a fucking robot brontosaurus, a dino bot. Yeah. Um, there you go. I mean, yeah, definitely. Like it it has the look of of an organic creature, kind of like you were saying with the the Horizon Zero Dawn giraffe thing. But it's like that you can see like the red eyes and those are clearly yeah. mechanical. And I'm, I'm very interested to see what this is because it's placed in such a way where you can't even like tell what planet it's on. You don't see any like notable cities yeah, I mean, or clearly anything it's, around it, it, it. It looks like it's one of their missions. I mean, are they the ones attacking it? Are they trying to protect it? Who knows? But it, it, it does seem like this season... I, I did take some notes, but it, it seems like the, the two main themes are going to be the Bad Batch kind of working towards their freedom to do whatever they want, right? Because we got a line there like Sid's like, hey, if you pull off this heist, you will be set up in a way that you can literally be free. Yeah. Uh, but it also, the other big narrative is going to be, we heard from Echo talking like he wants to fight back. Like Echo, out of all the Bad Batchers, he seems like the one that is is not a huge fan of what the Empire is doing, and he is already realizing like this is bad. We need to do something about it because that's what we were bred to do. We're we're bred to be heroes. We're bred to do the right thing. Um, but but on the other side, like the bad guy side, and I, I like this. It seems like Cody's going to be main driver of this, but I, I think we're really going to get a some narrative or you know an episode, a plot thread on clones and how their conditioning is breaking. Is it just like an overtime thing? The chips, you know, they're just wearing down like any other computer part naturally does. Yeah. But it does look like we're we're going to explore that, and and we should. I would I would assume 
get a final answer on Cody. Does he eventually break? It seems like he's he's starting to put two and two together, and he's like, yeah, man, hey, Crosshair, there's a lot of c- clones questioning this shit, and, you know, Mr. By the Books, like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. They're and traitors you- like the Jedi then. Uh, but it feels like Cody, he's going to have a, a, a tipping point, I believe, and it, it probably will be spurred on by the Bad Batch, where he's going to have to, uh, I'm thinking, sacrifice himself, ultimately, to save his clone brothers from becoming even bigger monsters and tools for the Empire. So th- those are three threads that I think we're, we're going to explore. Um, Bad Batch is trying to figure out what the fuck they need to do and gaining the resources to get there. Uh, the, the struggle in, should we be fighting against the Empire? Or, you know, should we be taking care of our family, a.k.a. the Bad Batch with uh, Omega? Uh, it, it looks like we're going to get some themes where Omega's starting to kind of question the choices the Bad Batch made to save her and kind of give up their their stations in life and, and who they were. So you get some of that emotional stuff. Yep. Uh, but some of the inner things, interesting things I, I saw here, not that you can really discern much plot from, but here, here's a screenshot. If you're on the uh, live stream here, if not, you can always find it on star Wars time.net in the podcast post. But Nick, we have to be on Kashyyyk, right? I mean, we have trans and old, um, uh, droid CIS. tanks, yeah, yeah, yeah CIS, CIS tanks. tanks. You've got Wookies that look like they're locked up like prisoners. So it, it looks like we're we're finally going to explore in canon, I believe, the Transdotians atrocities committed against the Wookies on Kashyyyk to essentially enslave them. Yeah, like yeah. Bur- so burn this their is planet definitely- down, round them up, and and put them into labor camps. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely the first time that we'll see this. Um, trying to like timeline wise, where are we? Cause there is a possibility that we meet Chewbacca again here. Um, if we're, if we're behind solo, which I think we are. Oh yeah. We're, we're, we're way behind we're, solo. Cause like, like I said, in the official plot synopsis, it only says a few months have passed since yes. the fall of Camino. So yeah, so, I, so we're definitely. What do you think we're at total? Like season one, and then the five months time jump. What do you think we're about a year after Order sixty six? When when season two starts. Mm, yeah, Fall probably Republic, about a year. About a year, a little over a year. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It so can't, it can't be more than that. That that would be because you're right. We could technically see the enslavement of of Chewie. Mm-hmm. Like, is this how he gets captured and and sent over to Mimbom? Although yeah. that's hell. That's 10 years away at least i must say like uh, like we're probably not going to see him getting shipped off to mimban yet but we could see him in in like servitude on kashik or if anything like we were talking earlier it it seems for whatever reason a bad batch heads to kashik they're going to link up with a a fan favorite jedi character from the clone wars and that is the wookie gungi uh, because we, we do, Gungi got featured in this trailer again. It, yep. He was with the batch. I'm assuming they're on the planet that we saw, which is probably Kashyyyk with the Transdotians. And he is like one of these, this, this droid, they're called like the Axis droids. They're the leader droid is called Axis. They had his lightsaber, he sucks it back, lights it up. And, and here we go. So 
Lots of uh, uh, Wookiee Jedi stuff this week. We'll get to the next one pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I, I can't wait to talk about that. High Republic Wookiee Jedi. Yeah. Um, other interesting things. It, it was cool seeing Cody in his repaint. Uh, he mm-hmm. didn't go full white and black like the clones did. He, he just changed his yellow to gray. Again, you can't have a personality in the Empire. No person has a clone. Uh, but Nick, the one thing I, I, I found interesting, and uh, there's a few shots in the trailer. I believe they're at Count Dooku's palace, like those, those the, the red huge shots. And in particular, I know for a fact they're at least in Dooku's throne room. Uh, there's a shot of, I think it's Hunter running towards a green window. Yeah. That is 1000% Dooku's throne room, whatever the hell you want to call it. It was featured in the Clone Wars multiple times. So I, I want to know, like, why, what's going on there? Like, what, what are we doing at, at Dooku's old stomping grounds? Has the Empire, like, taken it over? Has, a, has Dooku's family reclaimed it in the, in the name of, of the Dooku's? You know what's <laughs> the, funny is that plot line, that plot line kind of pops up in, in the Thrawn, the new Thrawn trilogy of books, the second, the second book, I believe, dark, like Alliances or something like that. It's the one where they're cutting back and forth between timelines with Anakin and um, between Anakin and Vader. And he was working with like Anakin and Vader were both working with Thrawn in two separate timelines. And there is a a storyline that that covers like this was obviously this is still during Clone Wars times pre um, Bad Batch. But it, it does cover like a, a story where Anakin is essentially storming the Dooku family like droid facility to shut it down. And then they have to revisit that same place again later as Vader. So it could, it could be that like this droid facility is, is like, you know, under the, the, the guise of the empire and they're trying to shut it down, or they may be looking for some sort of tech that was specifically made in that facility um, the bad batches to like bring it back or something. Well, but- yeah, it, 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 and I could be confusing things because if if you you look at the screenshots, I mean, they're, they're, there's this they're on this planet and it's got this orange hue to the atmosphere, and I'm not 100 percent sure if that is Dooku and and is it Serrano or Serrano something like that, but I know for a fact the bad batch is there because of, like I said, the shot of Hunter running and jumping out of Dooku's old green window. I just, I don't know if that's the same place as all the shots with the, you know, it looks like a castle with the orange hued sky. But if it is, then Nick, it also looks like the Empire is going there to shake down these people because you got Rampart and a bunch of TKs talking to that lady that we get a close up of that, you know, she almost, she kind of reminds me of Zori Bliss a little bit in terms of her color scheme, right? She's yeah. got that purple and gold. It's not Zori. I looked at the captions. It's like Tam something or Tavi. Uh, Tavi but, sounds kind of. Familiar. But it even looks like uh, the Empire's is also here to shake this place down. So th- this could be one of those deals where the Empire's there and the Bad Batch is there. They're both trying to go for the same item and may the better team win. But uh, no matter if this orange-hued location is Dooku's or not, you, we are going to return to uh, Serrano, Serrano, however the fuck you pronounce it, in Bad Batch Season 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, are, what else did I write here? Cody. 
Dooku's Castle, Gungi. Oh, really, the other big thing from the trailer, and we can move on, is Rex is going to give them a, mission. A, a, big, a big mission. Yeah. I assume that that is the retrieval episode that we talked about earlier. Like, I, I, I would imagine, because it kind of falls, like, right in the middle of the season or right around the middle of the season. And I imagine that could, like, lead, that could be, like, the one thing that kind of spurs them into, like, the finale, like, pushing into the back half of it. Yeah. So. See, I, uh, I wonder if they if they kind of fully pay off on Star Wars Rebels and the clones, and if this season we get to see the rescue of Wolf. Because yeah. remember, la- last year we got to see the rescue of Gregor, and we Greg, do yeah. know that, that Rex ends up slightly senile on this desert planet in an old, you know, Clone Wars era walker with Gregor and Wolf. Uh, and you would assume that since they already, you know, uh, showed us that the Bad Batch were the ones responsible for his rescue, it kind of makes sense that, you know, we follow up on that and, and grab Wolf. Yeah. Uh, clearly not nothing shown in, the, in this trailer about that, but. All right. Yeah. So, again, just to recap, general themes here for Bad Batch Season 2 based on the latest trailer. Bad Batch looking for their their freedom be it financially whatever it it it, it, to me it reminded me of of cassian at the beginning of his series where he's just he's looking to score some cash so he can have that quote freedom under the empire right just have like a little bit of a cushion like a a little so so you can always be on the run and never truly live in your life but hey cassian learned his lesson maybe these guys will as well uh i I think echo is going to be the main puller of we need to be righteous and we need to start fighting back against this empire where the, you know, Hunter and them might be like, Cody is going to have some big moments here. And I I do think he will ultimately sacrifice himself against Crosshair to protect clone force 99. Looks like we're going to get some cash action with Gungi and Transdotion. And then Something with Dooku's Castle Serrano. An easy yeah. one. You're going to get to see Palpatine again. All right. We yeah. got him in hollow form doing his uh, Order 66 speech in the first season. This one, he's actually looks like he's going to show up in the Senate and probably tell everyone Full, to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Full body. Not not behind oh, a yeah. hologram this oh, yeah. time. So he's, he's no, looking I mean, good, too. He, he's upgraded to his his black robes now. Yeah, he's he's no, got no the, longer wearing his maroon yeah. robes after the jedi disfigured him in uh revenge of the sith yeah so i mean there's a lot of interesting stuff that's going to pop up here for sure and i think that will like obviously i i don't think that gungi is the only familiar character that we'll run into i think there'll be some some character crossovers that we uh that we see in the show that we haven't seen in the trailer so far so um yeah i i'm i'm actually like pretty pumped about Bad Do they fold, uh, does Ahsoka make her Bad Batch debut in season two? Or I mean, she's I think still she, on the, she's probably still on that farm now that I think about it. Yeah, I would say, I, I think if anything, like it would be like either via hollow or only like via right. voice recording. Um, and it's unnecessary. Like, I, I think it makes sense that they're using Rex as like their main the, connection. It just yeah. makes sense. They're fucking clones for Christ's sake. So, yeah. And like they don't really know Ahsoka, they don't have an, a, a connection to Ahsoka, and 
she has. She, I don't think that she's taken up. Well, obviously, she, she hasn't taken up the mantle of. Yeah, of that, that's Fulcrum the thing. Yet. So, like, it, so. it makes sense because if if Tales of the Jedi is, I mean, it is canon. I would think. Yeah, I mean, I it seems imagine. that after Padme's funeral and her talk with Bail, she she took a break, yeah. and after the shit goes down the farm, she calls Bail back and she's like, "All right, now I'm ready." And, you know, when we saw Bad Batch season one and Rex was talking to someone on the comms, we just made the assumption like, oh, yeah, him, him and Ahsoka are already planning their own little they're, they are they essentially already have their own little rebel cell. And that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. So Rex is potentially working with Bale himself. And maybe it was Bale he was talking to yeah. in season one. And, 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 and Ahsoka really isn't needed uh, yeah. in, in Bad Batch, honestly, if, if yeah. Rex is there to kind of be the middleman. Yeah, I mean that that scene and in, entails in really does kind of set straight our expectations for Ahsoka in this series. Like she is, she is laying low as much as possible. And we we've had plenty of Ahsoka, and, and she's yeah. getting her own show. And we're, we're, we're going to tell you right now that she's more than likely going to show up in another show. So it's all right. Let let the Bad Batch and Rex kind of have their have their day in the sun. Yeah. Well, you brought her up, Nick. We might as well move move into that one. And this is a, uh, a rumor post on a Soakin' Skeleton crew. It does come from making Star Wars, so while we are saying it's rumors and, and some of his stuff was speculative, uh, the dude definitely has legitimate sources. He uh, almost always hits on a high percentage of his rumors. So if you don't want any spoilers, even though I don't really think these are horrible, they kind of make sense if you understand... The Mandoverse, Thrawn, Ezra, the end of Rebels. Uh, but just to give you a notice, you may want to plug your ears for a bit because we're going to talk about some rumors about Ahsoka series and Skeleton Crew and how there may be a plot crossover between the two and the exploration of something unknown and new to Star Wars. All right, so there you go. There's your warning. We'll start with the Ahsoka series. All right, so according to Making Star Wars, Ahsoka is going to explore what his sources are calling New Space or the New Beyond, which to me sure shit sounds like the Unknown Regions. I'm not sure why they weren't using those terms. Uh, Nick, were the un Unknown Regions, are they considered legend? Because that's like, that was that, was that the Gris or Yuzan Vong came from the Unknown? Do you remember? I think it, I, I believe it was both. Um, but the unknown regions was I, I think they said unknown regions in the movies though. In the pre, did they not say unknown regions? Well, I, I think in Tross, possibly, yeah. Talking with or, the wayfinders and whatnot. Yeah, or or maybe even or, maybe even in Rebels they called it unknown regions. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know they keep changing because I think in Tross they I don't remember. They called it something else. They called it like either, the, either way. Yeah. Whatever the fuck they call it, it it it, it sounds like Ahsoka is gonna get get down with it, and yeah. it makes sense, right? Because we we've been saying, okay, she's got to find mean, on, Ezra. Yeah. On this show, we're like, listen, those fucking whales, whatever they, I, I forget their names all the time. The those a uh, hyperspace whales. Pergil. Took Thrawn and yeah, the the Pergil. They took Thrawn and Ezra into the Unknown Region. So it makes complete sense that in the Ahsoka series, 
it's going to explore said unknown regions. It may be called New Space or New Beyond. They've dabbled in some of this shit, I, I think, in the High Republic where uh, the Nihil could, they essentially had like a, a, a hidden base in space that you could only get to with certain wayfinders or robots, this, that, and the other thing. Um, so, yeah, Kevin's saying that the Gris were unknown regions where the Vong came from outside the galaxy. So maybe that's correct, where unknown regions were literally unknown regions of the known Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. Where this new space or new beyond would literally be like leaving the Milky Way and going to Andromeda. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they're both okay. like not from this galaxy. Yeah, it's it, it shit. The way the way MSW explains it is fans will have no I that we've never seen this stuff before. All right. Uh, and, and it's going to get further explored in the skeleton crew. But hold your horses. Okay, so Ahsoka is going to explore this new space, new beyond, obviously, probably because they're, they're looking for Thrawn and Ezra. We know this. Um, this is a, a location that has never been explored before in Star Wars, so I guess that kind of kills my unknown regions, and it makes sense now that Kevin cleared that up. Um, but either way, new space, new beyond. So if you hear us talking about that, that this is this place in Star Wars that is detached from the galaxy we know and love. We've never seen it before. They treat the force differently there. Everything's different. But apparently this is where Thrawn and more than likely Ezra have been hanging out since before the Battle of Yavin. So we got to remember, these motherfuckers have been in this new galaxy for well over a decade. Yeah. By the time <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to explore it in Ahsoka, which is crazy to think what could be happening. All right, so in this unexplored part of the galaxy, the Force is used and viewed much differently in that some of the magic users, apparently they refer to it as, as magic, magic, the magic users we've seen in past Star Wars may have come from this region of space. So think Night Sisters. That's what I was going to say. Like the, yeah. the, the true magic users where, yeah, they, they, they were like Force adjacent, but they weren't using the Force. They, they, they had this like other, other tap in. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of what he's he's speculating, and, and that uh, Ivana Sokno's character could be a a night sister like character from this this new beyond. I like that. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, it, it it would help to explain. It, it, apparently, a true night sister weren't necessarily the witches we saw on on Dathomir either. Like there there is a a difference. I I think a. A true night sister is almost like what that that girl was in Jedi Fallen Order. Does that make sense? Yeah, that Cal like meets. the one who can like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, apparently, like the the MSW through what he's heard through the sources, a little bit of speculating is thinking that that this could potentially be where the the night sisters or that that use of the force magic magic came from this this new beyond, and and we will be exposed to these concepts in Ahsoka. Uh, so that we should get some explanation on, on these night sisters and how they are connected to this, this green magic, if you will. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and like we said, it, it makes sense. This new beyond is where Ezra and Thrawn were transported to at the end of rebels. Uh, so that, that completely lines up. And uh, finally, in terms of Ahsoka, MSW very pointedly is confirming that Lars Nicholson <laughs> Not to be confused with Phil's brother, yeah, Lars Mickelson, 
that he is indeed playing live action Thrawn, complete with red eyes and all. That makes sense. Um, so that's so Ahsoka exploring this new beyond, new space. It's going to introduce a new view of the Force, where it's it's more magical, I guess, and potentially explain the connection to this new beyond with some of the magic users we've seen in the Star Wars galaxy, such as Night Sisters. Okay. And so here here are my thoughts on this. It is desperately needed. Like this new space, new galaxy, new yeah, beyond. It's all new. It's it's fresh. Whatever you want to call it, we we need this to get completely outside of Star Wars as we know it. And if you go back to the episode last week, I said that what Disney has truly been struggling with is creating their own space to tell their own stories where they're not affected by what else is going on in the galaxy. I mean, like we, or like what, what else has been previously established or whatever, like you could, you could see it in the, the sequel trilogy that like, even though they separated themselves 60 years from, or not quite 60, but pretty close to like, you know, like 40, 50 years from the end of ROTJ, you're still so beholden to, the the legends of the galaxy and you're still so beholden to the lore and the in the history of the galaxy that like you're you're kind of you're a little shackled in your storytelling this allows you and this is also something that connects to ryan johnson's potential trilogy of films because ryan johnson said i'm telling my story in a completely new galaxy that we've never explored before and they're gonna have like the the force is still there but it's gonna be viewed and used in a very different way. Like you can go back and look at his quotes about his trilogy. And he has basically said that about it, that it's going to be not in the star Wars galaxy that we know the force will still be there, but all of the, you know, the legends of the force and all of this other stuff is not going to be pertinent in this new galaxy. So I'm very interested to see one, how they approach this new galaxy in terms of, the people there and their their relationship with the force and two how like how they're going to tie this new galaxy back into the current one because as we are going to talk about now with skeleton crew this series is also going to take place in the new beyond um so like is this going to become like the like essentially like the new storytelling galaxy that is completely devoid of, you know, of history there that you can build new characters, new history, new stories, and then try to, and then like eventually start to kind of weave them together as people in the current star Wars galaxy, figure out how to make their way to this new galaxy or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, I mean, this leads right into skeleton crew, but I'm, I'm with you. I I think the most, the most exciting idea of this new beyond to me, I mean, outside of getting resolution from star Wars rebels season four is the, the, the new getting a new perspective on the force. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing how the people in these galaxies handle it. Is there, do they believe in a light and a dark or is it more a, a, of a gray approach? Is it more powerful perhaps in this galaxy? 
Is it more prevalent? You know, it, it, does the force truly dictate how this galaxy operates versus having an, a, an empire or a new republic in the Star Wars yeah. galaxy? I mean, you have to figure too that like the force itself was a very policed thing in our current Star Wars galaxy. Like they're like, they wouldn't even train people to like, according to just like general Star Wars lore, like everybody has midichlorians in their body. Everybody. It's just the amount of midichlorians that makes you powerful or not powerful or whatever. So theoretically, like you could, even if you had a very low midichlorian count that would never get you into the Jedi order or that could never get you into like the Sith Academy or whatever, like there are still things that you could probably learn and be trained on that like you could potentially use like light versions of the force, even if you did have a low midichlorian count. So, so maybe like, you know, just a guy who's like running a farm or like has a, has a shop of his own can like, you know, maybe he can like swing the door closed with his hand with the force. And, you know, yeah, like it's, that's like not it's, yeah, it's not so, it's not so sacred. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I mean. Like it's, it, it's almost celebrated in yeah. this galaxy where if you have it, fucking use it, you know, don't, don't be so cautious with it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that I'm very interested to see how the translation happens with the force. And like, you know, maybe the reason that, 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 uh, that Ezra has never made his way back is that like, he's just been like there learning. Like he's been there. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like he's into it. He's like, no, yeah. I like it here better. There's no fucking crazy empire and shit. Yeah, like, it's like, this I is can, cool. Yeah, I got I my man like, blue guy here. We're, we're good. Learn, and the thing is about Thrawn is like Thrawn is such a Thrawn is a person that is driven by his own goals as much as he is driven by the goals of those who are, you know, he's working for. So like, once he figures out he's on this new in this new galaxy on this new planet and has all of this new shit to learn, he's probably not going to care all that much about killing Ezra. Like I can see him dropping that pretty quickly. Right. And, but we'll, 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 once we get through skeleton crew, we'll, we'll kind of yeah. work towards this because MSW also went into some of his own thoughts on how he thinks Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, the New Beyond, Thrawn, Ezra, all this is is obviously funneling towards the big crossover event, like yeah. the the Infinity War Endgame type of deal, but we'll, yeah. we'll get there. Because it, it does, to him, and, and I kind of agree, it sounds like Thrawn, knowing him, has been utilizing his, his time in the New Beyond, probably learning bigger and better ways to be a badass and maybe amassing uh, a fleet or an army with the intentions of coming back. And like you said, for him kicking ass and taking names in the known galaxy, destroying the new Republic and reigning Supreme as Lord Chiss. But hold yeah. on, let, let, let's, let's get everyone caught up on the skeleton crew rumors because as we said earlier, it directly ties into Ahsoka and it's probably going to directly lead into the Mandalorian season four. So, in terms of Skeleton Crew, MSW is also reporting that the this series is going to exclusively take place in the New Beyond, where Ahsoka is going to be kind of setting it up for us, and she's probably going to dip in and out. Skeleton Crew, it sounds like its entire runtime, its entire season, is going to be this, this group of kids and their teacher of sorts getting lost in this New Beyond and trying to find their way back home. Perfect. Yeah. 
Um, so that that that's where you get you know remember i don't know if you remember nick early on but people are like you know think think uh like the goonies in space yeah so mm-hmm. apparently like the, this group of kids with their mentor jude law a teacher of sorts it sounds like they're going to get lost in this new beyond and obviously they don't they don't know shit we don't know shit so they're going to be running into random you know pirate crews other factions planets these magic users all trying, you know, all trying to either prevent them or possibly help them get back to the known galaxy. So that that's going to be the crux of Skeleton Crew. But here, here's some deals here. MSW is suggesting, based on what he's heard from his sources, that Ahsoka may have an appearance in Skeleton Crew to kind of be the connective tissue, right? We got we got to connect all these series together to have the big <laughs> tentpole moment. So it, it sounds like Ahsoka is going to show up in Skeleton Crew, which could be like, hey, I've been here. I know about this place. You assholes, this is the portal you need to go through, something like that. Uh, but in terms of uh, Skeleton Crew's narrative, MSW is reporting from his sources that the young cast and Jude Laws are trying to get Jude Laws as, as if there's multiple Judes. Yes. Jude Law's character, they're trying to get back home to the known Star Wars galaxy from this new beyond. So, again, fans should expect completely new galaxy, a new viewing experience, new visual aesthetics, everything. Uh, Because like the situation for the show's characters, everything is going to be brand new for us watching it. And um, finally, as I just teased earlier... While Ahsoka is going to help set up Skeleton Crew, MSW via his sources and a little speculation is thinking that Skeleton Crew and the fallout from that series could be what gets explored in Mandalorian Season 4 and is the beginning of the big crossover event. So that's where I was saying, Nick, in, in, in the speculations section here, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like MSW that, you know, Thrawn... Being there for over a decade, we know Thrawn, he likes to study cultures and, and appropriate them where, where he finds, you know, they, they're, they're, uh, they have merit, like he'll, he'll take their stuff. That, you know, he's been, he's been learning, studying, and, and, and potentially channeling this, this magic and this new beyond. And, you know, MSW is like, you know, think if he is raising an undead army like the Nightcestors could with this magic. And Thrawn's just biding his time, kind of like uh, Palpatine was doing for 40 years in between Jedi and, and Tross. Biding his time, building up this, you know, this unbeatable force in his mind with the, these magic users that the known galaxy has never seen before. And he's going to come through that, the, you know, come through the portal and show up. Because you got to remember, I didn't know this, Nick, but Mon Mothma in the uh, Mon Mothma Disarmament Act saw the New Republic get rid of 90% of its war machine. So Thrawn literally could come in with, you know... Very minimal force. Not not a huge fleet, but a decent-sized fleet in these magic undead or or just magic warriors, and he could fucking cause some problems. Yeah, I mean, it's also... Well, let me... The, who, who, who would the New Republic have at this point in time that we've been watching through The Mandalorian? Hopefully they coalesce a bit more after season three. Yeah, the you Mandalorians. Have to it's, the, it's the Mandos that's going to do your you fighting go. for you. There <laughs> um, you go. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It would also, like, it could make sense that, like, this is where the Grisks are from, like, the Grisk are from. True. I mean, I know we brought that up because technically, as far as we know now, the Grisk 
maintains their their you know society somewhere within the unknown regions but right now somewhere within the unknown regions could be like because we've never even explored into the unknown regions that much outside of our push into exegol in in trost yeah. like somewhere in the unknown regions could mean just about anything like it could mean that like they're actually from this new galaxy and the grisk are like and it would it also wouldn't surprise me if Thrawn in the Grisk kind of coalesced, like they came together and he's like a part of this Grisk army since he's seen their military capability before in the Thrawn novels, he's like, I'm just going to like join up with these motherfuckers and we're going to come in and we're just going to take this other galaxy by storm. And like, we're, we're yeah, going to like, you know, I like, yeah, if, if, if we're just getting very broad, I, I, I do. I, it, and honestly, it's not like we even needed these rumors to figure this out. I mean, it, it was kind of written for you. And, and yeah. Filoni typically follows up on his his loose ends, which this is going to be 100%. But yeah, I mean, Thrawn will be coming back with some indomitable force that has never been seen in the known galaxy, could be magically infused, could have, you know, super-powered warriors, or like Kevin's saying, like their force users are 10 times stronger than our force users. They come back and they just start kicking ass, and the New Republic's going to have to rely on these heroes introducing the Mandiverse, the Boba Fetts, the Din Djarins, the Grogu's, the Bo-Katans, the Mandalorians hopefully reuniting in Mandalorian Season 3 after they get through their little, you know, tribal bullshit. Because... If the New Republic has reduced 90% of its war machine and you're having a grand master strategist coming through a portal with advanced weaponry, magic, crazy force infused or magic infused soldiers, you're going to need some help. And what better help than the greatest fighting force, our Star Wars Spartans, to come to the call and try to beat back this this threat. So, I, I Kevin's also saying like, you know, what if what if Thrawn comes back and and he's a good guy against this threat in the new beyond? You know, what what if he needed saved and Ahsoka is is hell bent on taking him out and when she finds him, he's actually like, "Listen, no, I've I've learned this and that and we've got to prepare for this looming threat from this new beyond." Like Ezra and I have been sitting here trying to just stay alive for the past 17 years. I don't know. But I, I I do feel like it makes the most sense if Thrawn is the Thanos here, right? Yeah, it makes the most sense for sure. I mean, there's no, like, it's too, it would be too much to, like, try to shoehorn somebody else in as the main villain in this. Because Thrawn has already been set up so much just from other content that, like, essentially, if you weren't using Thrawn as the primary villain, then what you would do is you would use Thrawn as a way to get to the primary villain. So, yeah, like, they would, right? you know, so it, it feels better to me that, like, they actually just make him the big bad for this crossover event and then have those storylines, like, neatly, neatly tied I, I agree. I, but for some reason, I, I'm, I'm definitely not as well learned as you and some of the other people that can actually read but I just, I just feel like uh, through watching Thrawn and Rebels, I feel like deep down he could have been the one high up Imperial officer that would ultimately defect or, or could turn, turn or, or break good 
if that makes yeah. sense or am I, or am oh. I completely off base? No, he definitely could. Like I said, Thrawn is not a person that is really motivated by like loyalty to a certain like faction or anything like that. The only thing what's, that I guess what's he in it for then, Nick? I, I, I never like to me and what I've heard about him, yeah. what I've seen from him. He seems like he was much better suited for the Rebel Alliance versus the Empire. So like what what was his motivation? Is it is it glory then? Is it is I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, his his ultimate goal in the novels was like when he talked to Palpatine, he's like, I'll help you. Because I'm an expert military strategist. If you help me, I'll ultimately come back and help me. So like he was working with the Empire. He's like, look, you know, he was like Thrawn was essentially like exiled on a planet. That's where they found him. And he like snuck his way aboard the Imperial military vessels, blah, blah, blah. And that's how he gets into the into the Imperial Navy. But like like his pitch to Palpatine was like, hey, look, like I'll I'll work with you guys. I'll be a part of your Imperial military structure as long as you come back and help me in the Chish ascendancy against this Grisk force that we have no like real recourse against. Like I would okay. like, I want to take Imperial resources at one point to go fight, like help the Chish ascendancy fight against this, this incursion of like uh, you, of this Grisk species. Did he so, then get like drunk with power then? Cause it, I mean, he ultimately fully commits the empire and is ready to blow up planets and kill a bunch of innocent people. So, I mean, he still seems like he is a bit of a dickhead deep down, but I do, I do feel like he he's redeemable as well versus any of the other admirals within the Imperial Navy. Redeemable is a hard way to put. I would put that he is, He's not really redeemable as much as he is. Like, if you can present a cogent reason as to why he should be working with you, okay, then he would he be would like, listen. yeah, makes sense. He, he's like, not just someone like drunk, like uh, Palpatine or Vader, where no. they justified everything as oh, this is for peace and order. No, like, we're no, doing like, this for peace. <laughs> we're killing no, everyone like, and blowing up planets for peace. Like he definitely has selfish reasons for being in, in the empire. And like, if somebody else could, could like provide him with essentially like something else that could be another, another way to solve that problem, he'd be like, yeah, no problem. We'll switch it over right now. He's willing (laughs) to do whatever it takes as long as it benefits him and his own kind. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that's probably the best way to put it. So, yeah, I mean, they could, he could be in this new beyond. They're like, hey, dude, you want to handle these people and those people? We'll help you out. Let's go kill some motherfuckers. And he'd be like, sure, sounds good. Let's go. I fucking hate my Mothma anyways. He's got like their <laughs> face on the dartboard. All right. Yeah, I, I'm digging it. And, you know, like I said, if, if you've been here, you've been studying Star Wars, this is what these shows should be. I mean, this is that's what Ahsoka, Ahsoka should be dipping into this new beyond and and uh, not that Skeleton Crew is anything any of us probably had on our radar. I think this is probably taken on parts of what Rangers of the New Republic was probably going to do. Probably a little bit, um, yeah. But it is. You, you can start to see how these, uh, you know, the Book of Boba Fett, that was uh, the, Mandalorian, the Mandalorian 2.5. They're all building towards something. And that something being a showdown with Thrawn just, just makes a ton of sense. What I like is that it, it seems like it's going to get spiced up with this this new beyond and getting exposed to territory and, and concepts and ideas and visuals that you know we we've we've never been exposed to. And as Nick has been saying, I can see him. He's super fucking pumped. 
that's that's something to be excited about, especially if you're getting a little burned out with the Tatooines and the Coruscants. And I swear to God, if the, the first place that we dark, land on in this new galaxy is a sand a planet, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to fucking dude, lose you know, it. And it's going to be called Tatooine. Oh, my God. I, it's going it's to be the mere universe, dude. It's going to be the upside down. I can't. I can't do another. I, I want... I don't care if it's like a, a planet that is completely floating in the sky. Like if it's yeah. a planet where all of the cities are like floating chunks of rock in the sky, that's fine. I don't want another goddamn desert. Like there you go. I can't he, take he wants, it anymore. He wants another Bespin. He wants a Bespin and then he wants me, a bunch of cloud cities floating around yeah, in Bespin. Give me a atmosphere. Bespin. Give me a fucking, <laughs> uh, give me a Camino. Give yeah. me an all-water plant. I don't give a shit. Just no more sand. I hate sand. Yes. It's there coarse and it gets everywhere. Yeah, and it's irritating. Don't forget <laughs> it's that. It's irritating, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so some good stuff there. Obviously, we'll, we'll keep you tuned in. I, uh, I, I, I do respect what MSW cooks up. Like I said, usually hits. And uh, he's been releasing stuff more and more, which means he's got some info. So it's coming out. Yeah. Uh, he did put something out today. It, it was more of a, a, a shit post. So it's nothing I felt like we need to punch up on our site. But it, it does sound like the Skeleton Crew production has been a, a fucking nightmare. Really? Uh, this would have been, I think, John Watts running this one, right? The, the, yeah. the Spider-Man guy. Yes. Um, but apparently they've just been treating the, the, the crew like shit. A lot of turnover on the crew. Uh, but it, it, it's been reported that it is not going to affect the overall quality of the show. Okay. And he also wanted to point out for the, the alien lovers out there, he, he's saying there, there's all sorts of, uh, he saw all sorts of alien mass being oh, prepped dude. for this show. You, so, you gotta you believe go. you, like if you go to the art department and be like, we're creating a new galaxy in star Wars, those people will be like, fuck Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chubby central. <laughs> Although he's mentioned a lot of like known galaxy aliens. So, so who knows? He's saying some weak ways, some Baratas, Mon Cal's, Rodians, you name it. Yeah. And he's also saying, he's like, listen, he saw a weak way and had goggles and he really thought it was Hondo, but he could not confirm or deny that. So I do it, feel it wouldn't like surprise me if Hondo was the one guy who knew how to get back and forth between this other galaxy. Yeah, and just of course, never told dude, anybody. right? I mean, let, let's be real. Hondo probably deserves to make his live action debut. He, he's become a mainstay at, at the Disney parks. Yeah. Uh, he, he's just, he showed up in Star Wars Galaxy Heroes as the first mixed faction. Nick, I know it's been years since you've been in that game, but now we have light side, dark side, and now mix, meaning mix. they can play on either team and Hondo's one of them. And you're, you're not wrong. That's actually a great point. Hondo would. Someone like Honda would know how to get to a new beyond because, I mean, the guy, that's all he does is, is operate in shiftiness and yeah. shifty people. They know pirates. It sounds like in Skeleton Crew, pirates are going to be given the, the, the little kids and Jude Law's character a problem. And that, that's the whole Goonies angle there. Uh, apparently, Jude goes from their, their teacher to kind of like the, oh, shit, the, the, the Josh Brolin character in Goonies, the older brother, you know, like kind of. On the adventure with them, but but not one of the little kids, like kind of the adult in the room. Yeah, like the yeah. What's gonna be right. interesting, man, is I really feel like this is gonna like Skeleton Crew is gonna be another show because it's gonna be kid focused. Like there's gonna be kids in it. It's obviously gonna be a little bit friendlier towards kid stuff. Like the people who really enjoyed Andor are really probably gonna hate 
skeleton crew. Like, oh yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be interesting to see how that all plays out. It's a cycle <laughs> of hate, man. Like I said, I, I Andor I, was pr- probably the best I've been in terms of getting angry at other people not liking Star Wars. I, I mean, I'll be honest with with individuals. It, it's 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 challenging for me to listen to people talk shit about Star Wars and have stupid opinions. I don't know why. I don't know why I care, but I do. It, it's almost like Star Wars is a family member. And when people don't get it or talk shit about it, I want to spit in their face. Yeah, it's like, what do you mean? Like, come yeah, on. Like, we mean it, you didn't like Kenobi, or we mean it looked like shit, or we mean you didn't like Andor. We, what do you mean you fell asleep watching it? It's like, you fucking idiot. You know, I want to like slap them <laughs> upside the head and be like, what's wrong with you? Fucking shake them like babies. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, Andor outside of like, you know, hey, we're the aliens, or he said shit, or there's bricks and screws. I was like, hey, you know what? Who cares? If you want to say you love Star Wars, but you hate watching Star Wars, that's on you. I'm no longer going to dedicate my energy to that, at least until I dedicate my energy to that again. When we we start breaking down Bad Batch or The Mandalorian Season 3. All right, my friend, let's move on to our next kind of meaty topic of the week. See, like I told you, my people, we didn't need our Andor special topic this week. There's a lot of good shit out there for upcoming Star Wars. And this one, I'm a big fan on, even though we really have no base to start speculating, but we'll try. We'll pull some shit out of our asses like we do. Uh, But thanks to Splash News and Daily Mail, we are getting our first looks at the Acolyte, in particular... Uh, we got Amanda Stenberg's character in costume, Lee Jung Jae, Dean Charles Chapman, and they're saying it was Daphne Keene, and I, and I I disagree, but but we'll see what Nick has to say. But anyways, we got a massive set leak from the acolyte. Now we don't know details; we just got imagery, so you know we'll we'll spin our wheels over that. But I think one of the coolest things you're getting here in these set picks, Nick, is our first look at. Those High Republic esque era Jedi and and kind of what they're wearing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here we go. Oh. I, got, I got the images pulled up here. Okay. So we got. Yeah, I mean, um, go ahead. So first up, we see Lee Jong Jae, and he's kind of. What's interesting is is like you can see a mix between like specifically the High Republic Jedi like artwork that we've seen on the book covers and stuff like that with like the more like gold looking tunics and, and, and garments. Um, but then they went to the brown robes of the galactic era. Yeah. Of the galactic era. Now what I'm wondering is because we know that the acolyte is going to focus on like Jedi who are essentially doing a recon mission into, you know, like unexplored regions of space. I'm not saying unknown regions because at this time they didn't say unknown regions. They just said unexplored regions of the, of the known right, galaxy. Like the, the outer rim was still kind of wild westy. Maybe not yeah. at this point. Cause again, the acolytes 80 to hundred before TPM. So I yeah. think most of the high Republic books deal with them settling Exploring, out the outer rim. Yeah. Right. Like, like, forging hyperspace pathways into the outer rim and then exploring the outer rim. But like maybe the darker cloak, like the the brown cloak that we've become accustomed to in the Grand Republic was used here because they are on like these covert missions. And like this is something that they can like throw up and and kind of blend in and not really draw attention to themselves as this fucking gold clad lightsaber wearing 
uh, you know, Jedi from the from the the High Republic inner core worlds and stuff like that. So that would kind of track in terms of why the garment shift would happen. Um, yeah. And you can see Li Zhangjie in the forest here, kind of dipping in and out and stuff. Um, Dude, does uh, does he not look like, especially in the second shot, doesn't he look like Doctor Ken? He does. He does look like Doctor Ken. From for those of you who don't know who that is, that's the guy from The Hangover. He was like a comedy he's on actor mass, that's been mass in, singer a lot now. He's one of yeah. the judges on that. Yeah. So like he's he's been around Hollywood a lot, but he like I think his first breakout role was as the the um, the guy in in The Hangover. Yeah. first but yeah he does kind of look like that from a distance all um, right so the third image there they're saying that's daphne keen I, I i don't see that at all unless she has aged many years since i i last saw her in his dark materials like yeah the, like the, one of the warrior women and, and that's the other thing to note like it if you're on the live stream you're checking this out it, it does seem like this planet that Lee Jung Jae's Jedi goes to with potentially this Wookiee Jedi and their Padawan. It seems like it's a a woman led culture, or, or at least a woman warrior culture, because you'll see a lot of shots of these girls. They have you know various different styled armor, but they all have the same uh, bow and arrow weaponry, and and you'll see multi multiple shots of this. But I, I don't know, man. Unless there's some heavy makeup going on, I I don't see that as Daphne Keen. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell that there's heavy makeup going on. I mean, I haven't seen Daphne Keen in anything since fucking, you know, the, 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 or whatever. Yeah, since Logan. Yeah. So I, I really don't know what she looks like now. I'm, I'm trying to like scroll through her IMDb and see if like, I mean, maybe I could see it. This girl just seems taller, I guess. I mean, who, who the fuck knows, but. Either way. Yeah, I mean, like they like you can clearly see that this is a fake nose on her. This is like a headpiece that has extended her forehead and then they've put a wig on. I mean, there's a lot of doctor. You can see that they've done shit to her cheekbones like they've done. A, yeah, like whoever this is, they've done a lot of work to her yeah. face. All right. in well, general. Maybe it is her then. I, so just maybe it contrarian, is contrarian, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the we, other we also- person that I could see this being is Rebecca Henderson, potentially. OK, but. We also heard that Rebecca Henderson might be like a a, a Jedi or like yeah I don't know it's it's so hard this, to tell. this this next shot here it, it we can definitely say for sure that Dean Charles Chapman is playing a Padawan I mean he, he's yeah. sitting there he's got the little rat tail on yeah but more importantly I got it blown out on the live stream screen you can see a manless character getting work on right there and she is yeah. in no no Jedi gear at all Nick so I do think we can now uh, say. With a hundred percent fact that the synopsis truly meant she has left the order, she is no longer his Padawan. Because I mean, she's not dressed up in the garb, and it's almost like she's been either living with these people and helping to protect them, or hiding out with them. And her Jedi brethren have returned to gather her or get some insights, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because uh, the synopsis really was like a was it a, a former Padawan and her Jedi master, master like link up for a yeah. special yeah. So there's uh, the Wookiee Jedi here. Wookiee Jedi man, like I was That's saying awesome, before, dude. and you can kind of see like right off to the side of the screen too the a uh, uh, female Zabrak warrior that we'll see again a little bit further down. But see, like the, the Zabrak, I think is someone the women are protecting. It, yeah, it, it's, we'll, we'll see in another shot. But do you, do you think this is a 
Lobaka. Does, does Eunice get this role? Um, I don't know, Chew, man. Chewy guy, because I, I, I they made him a tall it, guy in Willow. Like I think there's like an ogre or something in Willow. He got that yeah. role, so I'm, I'm just assuming. I mean, he he's gets a first good, dibs. Yeah, like he's he's got the he's already got the body motions and stuff down. Like he knows how to play a Jedi or, or a Wookiee. I mean, look at this um, dude. He he's, he's got like a little fucking samurai bun in. I, I just yeah. want to see like does he speak Shrihook or or does he speak Shri- basic? You know what yeah, I mean? we've like never a, heard. A, I don't think we've a ever Wookie. heard. A, Could you a imagine, like the, the first time we see this guy, and it's not, and he's just like, "Oh yes, hello, how are you doing, young Padawan?" He's like, "Hey man, blah blah blah." Just, <laughs> yeah, he, we're he talks just like here a British to try person. to help out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, you uh, like my braids? You like my hair? I combed it extra long today. I use conditioner <laughs> and shampoo at once. Yeah, so um, it's definitely not Lobaka, but it, it is nice to see another. Uh, a, a Jedi, a Wookiee Jedi in here. I think I, I saw a High Republic fan say, I hope this is Baraga. Oh yeah. Cause that's one of the, the primary Jedi. Like that was one of the first Jedi that were like brought up in, in, in the, High, the High Republic. Republic and you yeah. would think knowing the lifespan of Wookiees that he would he still could, be around at this he point. Could still, um, yeah, could but the second shot of him, it looks like, you know, there's some sort of speeder right there. They're talking outside of a a hovel and this is all yeah. taking place like we're assuming or at least i am based on these shots i i feel like it's some sort of village of 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 female warriors and and like i said here's the shot i was talking about nick you see this zabrek she's dressed a little more regally and she's Being flanked escorted. by right yeah. by another one of these warriors that has that that chest piece and that bow and arrow weapon and then you can see a manless character down there in the bottom left yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe they're protecting this lady and the Jedi are there to to check in yeah. on Amandla. Uh, but cool stuff. I'm liking what I'm seeing. A lot, a lot of would, practicality here. Here's another one. This, this lady in red. She, again, has that same warrior woman armor going on. Yeah. Like what would be interesting is if the if the storyline, I mean, like this is kind of like an easy storyline to pull off, but like it would be cool if like Amandla's character left the Jedi order. Um, they linked up with this, uh, this society on whatever planet that they're on. The first thing that I said that came to my mind when I was talking to Matt offline was this looks like the planet where, um, the remnants of death star two were in Tross. Like if you remember, um, I can't remember her character's name anymore, but Janna, yes, Janna. Like it, it feels like that area, like where Jana's kind of crew was. But anyway, um, like, you know, Amanda's character leaves. They link up with this new society that that they've been kind of working with for for a while now. But her Jedi master may keep in touch with her, you know, with them just through the force. And then when this mission pops up, Jedi master Li Zhang Zhe and his Padawan show up to where Amandala is and say, Hey, we need your help. And then before Amandala can go off and help them, um, the, you know, Li Zhang and then his Padawan have to help them with some issue that's going on in their society. And then Amandala is free to go wherever, you know, their it's, it's, I, I, I like how this, the series is fairly secretive and like you said it, it it's dabbling in what you want the unknown the mm-hmm. the unseen 
so they can kind of do whatever the fuck they want. But it is yeah. weird. Like, is Amanda, is she going to be the acolyte? Is Daphne going to be the acolyte? Who is going to be the Sith that infiltrates the Jedi? Is it through these Jedi we're seeing here? Does the Wookiee let his guard down? Does Lee Jung let his guard down? Is Amanda the one? I, I don't know. I mean, she's clearly not decked out in... in is she anymore. the one? Is she the Neo of this series? Yes, she's she's the first chosen one. <laughs> yes, she is the chosen one. Uh, but I like it. I, like I said, I, I'm like I like what I'm seeing. It's been it feels like years. Well, it's been at least a year and many months since we've seen set picks. I always like getting set picks because to me they don't necessarily spoil. They just they kind of allow you to speculate a bit more and have give an context. Idea. Give put, put things into perspective. Right. You know? Right, right. So I'm I'm digging it. I have just noticed I'm talking so far off mic. I can't wait to hear what this episode You sound pretty good like. in my ears, but who knows all right, how well, it's Well, hey, that's all that matters. <laughs> you assholes listening in the live stream and on the podcast. Sorry about that, but for some reason today I've got a real nasty gangster lean in my throat. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you, you can check out if you haven't seen it yet. We got the post with all the pictures. And I, you know, I put in some comments in there, some thoughts on there on Star Wars Time dot uh, net. But yeah, it's it, it's looking good. And I just hope this series doesn't get the, the nonsense bullshit that I know it's going to get when it comes out because of who's running it. And, you know, the, the, the color of the people in it, the, the gender of the people in it, it's, it's going to be behind the eight ball for a lot of the troglodyte fans out there. But as I said earlier, who gives a fuck, who gives a shit? Um, it, it's, it's shaping up nicely right here. Like we, we like practical sets. We like practical setups. That's been proven from Andor. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we get a few more leaks here and there. And then, uh, the official stuff, you might as well hold your breath. Uh, this yeah. is 100% going to be a 2024 series. So, you know, at best we, we may get like a, like a, like a, a shot from set or something like that at the next star Wars celebration. But I, I don't think you're, you should be worried about trailers or anything for most of 2023, sadly. Uh, yeah, I don't think that we're going to see anything official nah. from this for a long time. Nah, long th- time. This just started shooting right before Andor. <laughs> They'll be lucky to finish through mid-23. Have to post it out. Could be early 24, mid-24. But I, I, I would say this is probably going to go in the, in the Mandalorian's uh, slot sometime in the, in the spring December. or just before spring of, of 24. Okay. Um, but yeah. it's, it's looking good. It's looking good. Look at Dean Charles Chapman there. Fucking Jedi boy. All right. So there you go. Got you some I like acolyte. how the rat tail has been around for, oh, for yeah. hundreds of years. <laughs> like you, you, gotta, just... you gotta make them suffer. Yeah. I still think it's bullshit that Ahsoka, because she doesn't grow hair, just had to wear like a like a like a necklace thing yeah. on her head. Like this is your this is this right. like to show that you are uh indeed a Padawan. It's like, well, can't people just know? Don't you just know that I'm a Padawan? They, they should have they should have grafted like another Leku or whatever they're called Oof. onto her onto her yeah. existing ones. Be like, here oh, you man. go. It's like a real thin one, like right in the yeah, middle. Right. Like just <laughs> use use a lightsaber and cauterize it right to Oof. her existing tail. Uh, uh, Anakin was fucked up. You saw what he did during Tales of the Jedi. He's like, "Hey, you uh, think you're good? Now I'm going to put you in front I'm just of live fire." Stun the shit out of <laughs> yeah. you for hours, for, for hours. literally like years. She was yeah. getting blasted by the five hundred one. Yeah, 
All right, my man, let's go ahead and shift into our last topic of the day, which is going to move into the video game realm of Star Wars. And that's because, like we told you, Star Wars Jedi Survivor got its day in the sun at the Game Awards last week. Game of the Year went to Elden Ring, a game I will never fire up because I'm a pussy. Uh, but I do, I do respect that it won GOTY. Uh, it, it, it had to have been a pretty solid game for that to happen. I'm just not a glutton for punishment. But anyways, we did get some concrete details on Star Wars Jedi Survivor coming out of it that included a new trailer. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but to hit the high points here, uh, the, actual, the actual release date, we were off by two days last week. It's going to be March 17, not 15. And you got to remember, this is coming out for just current gen and PC. All right. Yeah, you, PS5, you can't Xbox, get this on the PS4. Xbox or, Series. Uh, right. No Xbox One either. So. And it, it, dude, it's, it's starting to happen because I say, like, hey, I'm loving Midnight Suns. I'll go upstairs while the, you know, the wife's wrapping gifts. I'll play it on, on my old Xbox One and sure shit. This title's not supported. And I'm like, fuck. I'm going to have to like. I would have figured by now and blame it on COVID, but we, we usually have the step release consoles, right? At this point in time. I mean, usually oh. two years in, they're coming out with the Xbox One X2 or, yeah. you know, the, the, the PS5, PS4 Pro. limited edition, that type yeah. of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, All I right. mean, like I've seen rumors about that stuff yet, but like, honestly, I don't think that. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm just not sure, like, where they go. I know that the be- next big thing for PlayStation is going to be their PSVR 2 headset. So yeah, we'll I'm, see I'm good on that. I had the PSVR. I love VR, but just like any time VR tries to become popular again, they do not release enough software to support it, sustain it, and it just becomes a dust collector. Uh, the last VR game I played was uh, Squadrons, and it was fucking kick ass. But if you only release in one kick-ass VR game a year, you're kind of like, all right, who gives a shit? I'll just move yeah. back the one into that it. I play, the, definitely the one that I play the most, and even though we haven't played in a while, uh, is Beat Saber on the Quest 2. Oh, I've always Beat wanted Saber's, to do that one. I, I bet so, that's a blast. In fact, like I may ask Taylor if she wants to bust that out tonight because it is, it's truly a fun game to play. Like, well, dude, I've, I've heard people have started using it as, as a workout workout. Yeah, it is dude. Like if you, if you play enough, like if you play an hour worth of songs in that thing, cause like you're ducking and you're moving and you're obviously like swinging your arms around, like it can be a pretty decent oh, yeah. cardio workout. Yeah. Like maybe I should get that. Cause I mean, I do have the PSVR and I know it, it, it works on the what? PlayStation four, right? I think so. I, I'm not 100% sure, but it, Will it, you have a, a Vive fun. or something, or did you get the Oculus? I have a Quest 2, the Oculus Quest 2, the one that's completely wireless. Detached, right? Yeah, detached. And then what? Completely. Do you just load the games right into the headset then? Does it, does it have like a memory card? Yeah, I think it's got, I think mine's got 500 gig or something like that memory. But yeah, that's, it has like a decent... That's the way to do it. And that really, yeah. I think that's another reason I, I don't use my PSVRs because it's it's corded and it's just a pain in the ass. It is. Yeah, the, it's that was the one thing that made me like, okay, I'm... it's So my headset has 256 gigs of onboard memory. um, So plenty enough space for you to be like, you know, put all of your games in that you want to play, especially since there's not a shitload of games for VR. Yeah. But like plenty enough space for you to like download stuff, put stuff on there that you want to play. The battery life is actually pretty damn good. 
Because like Taylor and I would sit there and we would play it like at the height of when we were playing it. We would play for an hour, hour and a half and never have battery issues. Do you each have um, a set then? Or do you no, so pass it's just it back one. and forth? Yeah, so it's just one. So we pass it back and forth. So like she'll play two or three songs and I'll play two or three songs. And then we just kind of keep going back and forth. Um, but I, it's, I still it's, contend. Well, and I don't know if you ever did this when on your Disney trips. And I think it was at Disney Springs. And I believe oh, the yeah, place well, was called The Void, right? Yeah. Was it called The Void? I've never done it, but you have you have talked about it before. I they're, don't know if it's gone. still open. It, it's gone, yeah. bro. Like it, it shut down. It must not have made money. But you would literally, you'd go... You get kitted out with with a vest with pressure sensors, everything like no cables. They would walk you into like this warehouse and you they would fire up your experience. And, and it was a Star Wars one. And you would walk through the warehouse. You would you would get on like a escalator, like a, those things you see in the airport where they move people without them oh, having yeah. to walk. Like the, yeah. and, and they'd blow smoke on you. They blow heat at you. But if you would get shot by stormtroopers, <laughs> your fucking vest would go. Bop, bop, bop. You'd be like, okay, you're like getting fucking tapped. <laughs> so you know you're sitting there ducking around you can run you can move you're not you're not con- you know constrained to your couch or a small space and it, it, i think they, they they did it with the simpsons they did it with other properties but i believe that's all gone away i know amc by me nick i don't you don't have amcs down there do you uh yeah houses? we have one we have one amc but we only well, have yeah, we have more Regals than we have AMC okay. down here. Ours up here, they they cannibalize a bunch of their big screens for what they call the Dreamscape experience, which looks like closer to the void, but you're not, you know, you're not strapping into the vest and everything. But it, it looks like higher end VR experiences where AMC is in, in charge of the content and you know, look at the whales or this, that, and I haven't done it yet. I, I probably should check it out, but VR when done right is fucking amazing. It really is yeah. amazing. And, and that experience, it's a shame they're canceled because that to me is what VR should be. It, it really shouldn't be in your, in your house unless you have one of those crazy VR rigs where you literally have a treadmill and you're essentially, have you seen these dude? You're like, they have them at malls and, and arcades yeah, I, sometimes. I, I've seen the. But the, you're yeah. like strapped in the NASA shit to where you can run, move, twist, turn in all directions, but your body doesn't physically move a location. So you could sit your fat ass in front of your TV and be like running on a fucking treadmill or jumping and, and doing all that stuff. Uh, but feeling like you're actually moving in the game. that That's VR. Like, I, I think, yeah. I truly think you need your whole body involved to really kind of um, pay off on that experience and, and to keep it very uh, addicting. Otherwise, all the cables and all the nuance, it just it, it weighs you down. It becomes a pain in the ass. Yeah. Okay, we were talking about something. Jedi Survivor. Jedi, all right, so it comes Survivor. out on March oh, 17. Yeah. I'd recommend pre-ordering because if you pre-order it, you get the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi skin. It doesn't cost you. You might as well just do it. There is going to be a deluxe and standard versions, but it's really just a bunch of cosmetic filler for the most part between the two. Uh, you, you got like a, there's a Han Solo kit. There's a Luke Skywalker Yavin celebration Yavin. kit. And then, like I said, the aforementioned Obi-Wan Kenobi kit. Uh, but in, in terms of the trailer, we, we, we got some stuff to look at. It was another one where I don't really feel like it gave too much away at all. Uh, and we already read the new synopsis, right? The story of Cal Kestis continues in Survivor, a third person, blah, 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 five years after, go, Cal, go. 
All right, so I got some questions from the trailer, my own my own speculations. We'll see what we come up with here. Oh shit. I deleted that. Uh, oh fuck. Oh well, who cares? All right. Who's the dude in the back to tank? It's not Star Killer, right? The guy in the back to tank. Yeah, who kind of opens the trailer with a with a voiceover and how his friends betrayed him and, and Cal is obviously looking for him. I'm assuming Cal's looking for him based on, you know, his force tracker from the first game, right? That wasn't that his mission to track down force users based yeah. on that database. So, so from I'm what I'm looking at, this guy is missing an arm. Right. And I don't Someone locked him up in a back to tank. <laughs> yeah. I do not think that this is Star Killer. No, no way. But hey, no. I I would not be opposed to if they brought Star Killer back. I would <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think I, it's Star I wish they would. Yeah. I mean it, the the guy do, do in the think, last right, screenshot. So it's not Star Killer. Like, do, do, what do you think? Is it a is a is it another is it a Jedi that that went goofy and got locked up here or was it a, a, a Jedi or Force user that the Empire has been experimenting on and, and got left here? Because you can see around the around the back yeah, like, of the tank when, when he lifts it, it looks like a fucking battle happened there, like with the Force. Yeah. Like the, the ground's all cracked and frayed. Yeah, I mean, you could see that nature is starting to break in. So clearly, like, this has been in, you know, disrepair for a while. Um. I would imagine that it's a captured Jedi. Yeah, that was being that was either being experimented on by the Empire or like tortured in some sort of way. Like I said, missing an arm. There's something that's like floating above his head, but I can't tell what that is. The face looks vaguely humanoid, but doesn't quite look human to me. Yeah, they're, they're, um, I mean, I, I don't want to say they're they're chiss looking, like they're not that blue, but they're that. You know what, what they look like? They look like that blue race from Destiny. I forget what they're called, but you know the blue mm-hmm, people the, in Destiny, the risen or I, I know like who you're that. talking about. Yeah. Don't don't they look like that a little bit? Yeah, a bit. Or this they person? Do. Hey, yeah, maybe I, he's I, missing an arm because Palpatine likes collecting body parts of Force people. And, that's what I was gonna say. Like, that's maybe where they his like, got at. off his arm for like use in their experimentation and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would imagine that the only way he's gonna get here is via the this little tracker that he's right, holding. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's new cow right loses the poncho grows a beard looks a little more grizzly scarred a little scars yeah all right black then, series clips is saying some online have said there are gold lines on his tunic that look like high republic hey, you know that would that wouldn't be bad i mean nick's not nick is right like disney they're creating their playgrounds to play in but we also have to through line them into existing star wars we're, we're gonna get that through the acolyte but i i don't i don't mind that i wouldn't mind like a you know a, hundred, a centuries year old force user being locked up somewhere. Hey, yeah. uh, I'm 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 down with that. But there's our boy, Mister Milk Toast. Maybe he'll get better this time <laughs> around. Uh, he's gonna have new allies. So the next screen we're looking at here, this is Bodhi Akuna. It was Bodhi? just li- yeah, just mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing this is gonna be someone on the ship with Cal for most of the game because it looks like um what's her name. Siri, is it Siri or Sari? C E R E, Junda, Seer. the black lady. Seer. I think it was just Seer. Yeah, yeah, because it looks like she's set up shop somewhere and is is almost rebuilding a Jedi, Jedi archives archive. of some sort, right? Yeah, yeah. 
This almost looks like it's on the on the uh it's on the same planet that that like the final like the, where that big ass spire opened and like where you would do your I think that's the first planet, right? The interior where, of this where building the, where looks, the archive is at? Yeah, where the archive is. Like where she's building this new archive right. that that screenshot of Seer, it almost does look like the the initial well not the initial planet but you know which one I'm talking yeah, about yeah, right yeah, it's the I one know, where you fight I those know. big frog things right I, I forget what it's called I, I do need to go back and revisit this Ado- game for like, Christ's sake I th- it was like Agado or Adogo was the name of the creature yeah you I might don't. be right you might be right it would make sense if he set up shop there but yeah because that was like um. Because the interior of a lot of those buildings in there looked very similar to what the interior of this looks like now. So did she shave her head and get a bunch of tattoos in between? I think names? so. Okay. Yes, seems like it. She um, definitely seems like she's embracing the her her Jedi side much more. Again, it's much more yeah. open now because of thanks to Cal. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, and then clearly, Nick, these seem to be the big bads. And if you notice, the dude holding what is being described as an important device even though it looks like a fucking jedi communicator to me (laughs) but does he not look like the same race as the dude in the fucking tank or is that the dude in the tank that's what's kind of hard to track here is like i can see what people are saying about the high republic style ropes because it is like very gold because i i'd argue that that guy is missing an arm in this screenshot Yeah, I mean, it could be that guy. And I will say, if you go back to that first screenshot, Cal is holding up something that looks almost exactly like what that guy's holding in his hands. Ah, like a wayfinder. Yeah, you're right. Look at that. Let me me zoom in. It almost looks like those, like the the spot where it's glowing on there kind of like opens up a little bit. It's almost like a fucking. I I think you're right. I think you're right. That almost and they looks do. like, like if, if, yeah. if you're just listening, it, they, they, it kind of looks like the old Jedi communicators you would have saw in the Phantom Menace, but it's yeah, not. Like, yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I think for sure this guy and, and the big hulking dude in armor, the guy is the dude in the back to tank. I'm almost yeah, positive. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good call. And he is. Look, does he, he is, look he like is wearing like a, a Jedi under tunic, but then those the, the shiny overdeal. Yeah. All right. And look at his skin. Like his skin is clearly like a yeah, very gray that's what color. I mean. His yeah, eyes no. are so light blue that it's almost like yeah. that's like how your eyes develop. I think when you're in very low light environments because it lets in like your lighter colored eyes would let in more light. That, I that's that's got to be the guy. So it's almost like Cal's going to let this fucking tear free and then it's going to be the bane of his existence. Because I've heard maybe the dude in the armor here I've heard is almost invincible is how this this race has been described from Star Wars Explained. I don't know if these these types of aliens, this big Hulk-looking dude, Thanos here, wearing Gears of War armor. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they popped up in, in Legends or, or Star Wars he, with words. He almost he, looks like somebody from Destiny 2 as well, like that big-ass race. <laughs> this is like the whole, the whole fucking respawn team's just copping Destiny yeah, just uh, that's the aesthetics. They're like, hey, here you go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think we I think we solved that. So we'll go ahead and pat ourselves on the back. Even in the chat yeah. here, Cody is is solved it as well. Yeah, I, I, I that's gotta be the guy in the tank. Um all right. That's that's a good solve there. Hey, look, hey, Cal has new places to explore in the game. Yay. Yeah, look at that. And the then how about this dude? More. We got a guy here. 
who has the same, almost the same hilt as Cal's lightsaber. Yes, that's it's what I was a yellow orange blade, and him and Cal are dueling. So, what the fuck is this? Like, is this a, yes? A, a I mean, force this... user? Is this a like a wannabe inquisitor that just didn't, I mean, couldn't afford the official uniform or what? It could definitely be another force user. I mean, like if we think about it, this guy that's in the back to tank is probably like very weak, weakened. And he like if he is a uh, like a foil to Cal or if he is like somebody that Cal's going to have to deal with, he might need a suit like this because you can see he's like hooked up to respirators and stuff like this. It's essentially like a fucking hazmat like body right. suit to keep this right. guy like, alive. Like Watt Tambor or Plo Koon, something like that. Yeah. So like maybe this is the same guy that's in the other screenshot. This may be Tank Boy again and he just needs this suit to like function in like a like a higher capacity. Um, Even if it's not him, are you thinking that he somehow gets Cal's other hilt? Maybe, and that's yeah. Why, like that's he, why he's got that? I don't know. It's because it does look more like it looks like kind of rusted out. It definitely looks like it's been neglected. They're very similar lightsabers. And yeah. I, I, I forget if there's something special about Cal's lightsaber, but it, it would be weird if this was his in bow form, because why would you have two different color crystals? Yeah, no, it could be. So. Mm, yeah, and also we know in like in this game too that like your crystal color can change, right? Like you can sit there and change your crystal color as much I, as you want. I like want, this so. Cody. It could be hell, this could be a clone of Cal himself, you know? That he, would he was, be so similar. I mean, it could be because you know that well, that, that would be full on that. Force Unleashed Force too, Unleashed. right? Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it's just like Force Unleashed. They're just like, fuck it. Let's just go back to the world. Clones, <laughs> clones, clones, clones. Everything's a clone. Uh, I don't know, but 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 here, here's the deal. I, I'm not going to lie. When I watched this trailer last week, I wasn't expecting much because I'm not the biggest Jedi Fallen Order fan. Uh, it was nice to get a new Star Wars game, I'm not going to lie. And, and I do think it was a well-made game. Yeah. I just didn't appreciate the combat system for a fucking guy with a blade of light. I've done the routine a million times, I'm not going to go back into it. But, but watching the trailer and, and, and seeing, as Nick and I were talking, it feels like they're putting more focus on the Force and Force being unleashed. I'm, I'm excited for this release, finally. I haven't had any any ounce good or bad either way, but now I'm 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 kind of digging this. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean this I think that I'm just watching better. the trailer now. That has to be the dude in the back to tank. I will say that like the the combat system didn't annoy me as much as it annoyed you. So I think that like with some tweaks, it would. It would probably pass by me without even like... Hold on, let, let me... I, I gotta clear this up. Because chaos, I think people are, are confused. I'm not such a, 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 a slow adult that I, I can't play the game. That's not the point. The point is, I have a hard time playing a Star Wars game with a Jedi being the main character. And he swings a fucking lightsaber like it's a 12th century broadsword. All right. These yeah. these heavy movements or, or dodge and parry. There's no fucking dodge and parry with a lightsaber. All right. There's parrying. Sure. But it's not the dodge and roll. Get out of the way. Now make a heavy swing. Roll. Get out of the way. Now make a heavy. Fuck you. 
That's not how a Jedi. A Jedi fights like fucking Star Killer. All right. That's 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 it. You 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 wing your sword around, mashing buttons, and you have ridiculous force abilities. That's <laughs> that's a Jedi game. All right. And and, and even even if you want to challenge me in the sword combat, fine. Don't make it so lumbering. That was my problem. It was it lumbering. I mean, moving cow felt like I was moving a fucking tank. That's that's not how controlling a Jedi should feel. Okay, that's it. And I, I'll play the game on easy anyways. I don't give a shit. I don't, I'm not here to to figure out patterns. I know how to game. Damn it. I'm just old and I don't give a shit. Like, I don't want that stress. I used to freak the fuck out playing games. Like, bad freaking out. Broken TVs, broken walls, broken controllers, broken skin, bruised skin, bitten skin. It it, 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 it started not being fun when literally I'd play a game and I'd get so worked up getting beat that I'd start screaming and feel like I was going to have a fucking stroke. So... I've like learned the, my lesson. The, I, I've just, I've, I've tuned things down a little bit. The, the big thing to me is like, if you look at the era that you're coming directly out of and even how like Padawans and younglings were using their lightsabers during that time, like, like George Lucas's kid does a full ass backflip over somebody's head and then is just swinging his lightsaber Thank around you. fast Thank as you. fuck and, and killing like deflecting bolts and killing fucking uh stormtroopers and stuff like that and, and that he was i don't even know if he was a full padawan yet but like all like you see that kid doing that literal kid doing that and then you have uh like cal kestis who is much older trained probably more than than jet uh lucas did and he's swinging a lightsaber like it's a goddamn claymore um it just it doesn't fit thematically with the world. That, that, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I don't care. If you guys, you know, you got your big dicks out there, you can beat these <laughs> games that drive you nuts and make you want to stab your eyes out. I get it. I used to love that rush, too. I just, I, 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 I don't have time for it anymore. All right. I got, there's too much other stupid shit to do, like these dumbass podcasts we do every week. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And I understand. There, there's parry encounters in Star Wars, but do, do you want to see how those happen? Go watch Anakin versus Obi-Wan Kenobi in Revenge of the Sith. Do you see the fucking speed in the way those two move? Very fast. You didn't get that in Fallen Order. I mean, the, the Cal in Fallen Order would have been like, whoosh, whoosh. Anakin would have mm. fucking chopped him into a million pieces by the time he made his counter move. That's it. True. That's enough. I'm right. You're all wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really care. I just. I think. I. The combat looks better. Is all. Is all I'm going to go back to. It, it looks a little more intense. A little more free flowing. And yeah. I'm happy. Okay. I'll still uh, probably play on easy because, like I said, I don't got time for this shit anymore. Story. So yeah. Move I mean, on. So. March 17th, keep your eyes out for <laughs> Fallen Order. Get your pre-orders in if you want those Han Solo and Luke Skywalker skins. And yeah, man. I mean, that's that's like the only thing in Star Wars video games that's going on right now is Fallen I'll, Order I'll leave. I'll leave it at this. If, if Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi fought like Cal Kestis in Revenge of the Sith, 
most of you people that think that's the greatest Star Wars movie of all time would think it was fucking garbage. You'd be be like, like, why do they, why does the chosen one move so goddamn slow? Like, why are these guys moving like they're swinging anvils or sledgehammers instead of a blade of light? It's not the dark saber. So we can't say that if you're not in tune with yourself, it's heavy. It's a fucking blade of light. There's no weight. Okay. That's it. That's it. All right. (laughs) Has everyone, has everyone learned have I learned you all on Cal's shitty sword play? <laughs> I just like, I think people sometimes take me a little too seriously. All right. That's quite all right. It is time to, I've been listening to some, uh, fuck, who are they again? Fear Factory. I'm sure it's no one you ever listened to. It's Fear like Factory little, is like an old metal band. There you I go. It's like, it, it's like techno death metal, right? Something yeah. like that. But they got a drummer was insane. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're I'm finding by literally not my own influence. A lot of this is from Thor love and thunder, but my daughter loves rock and roll and heavy metal. It's fucking awesome. Like she asked me out of the blue, Hey dad, can you find Dio? I was like, why? Why? You don't listen to Dio? It's like, how, well, it's, one, how do you know who Dio is? It's Two. on Thor Love and Thunder. And, oh, okay. and, you know, I, she has one of my old iPads, and because I'm a shitty dad, my, my iTunes account is signed in under me, so she can go and like listen to whatever she wants. Fucking Dr. Like, Dre. Dad, I want to listen to Black Sabbath. You know, exactly. Black Sabbath. <laughs> but she, she, she loves heavy metal, and I played Fear Factory for last week and there's a song called <laughs> T1000 it's literally like the machines are now alive do you have it in your I mean it's literally just it, anytime I hear it I want to fucking run through a brick wall jump out a window <laughs> punch someone in the face punch myself in the face like I get so worked up with this type of music and I'm finding my daughter's the same way because now she's like yo let's put, put on T1000 and she'll just sit there and go like, <laughs> like yeah I'm doing something right or wrong All right, dudes and dudettes, it's that time of the show to get into the fan segment, even though we dedicate every show to our fans. We also got a full-on segment for you all to honor your love of Star Wars and sometimes your Star Wars art. But before we get to the art side, we're going to do the question of the week, which goes down every Tuesday on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Just make sure you're looking in our stories or our profile to find the question and then all you gotta do is drop a comment and if instagram lets you see it we'll see it and then we'll talk about said comments on the show so let's go ahead and get this week's question pulled up we have moved away from our bread and butter and or questions and we are moving into ones that i kind of have to make up that sort of theme around the show's topics here Indeed. Um, so this week we posed the following question. What 2023 Star Wars TV series are you the most hyped for and why? Your options were Bad Batch, Mando, Ahsoka, Visions, and Skeleton Crew. Uh, Nick, I'll go ahead and start with the stories. Yes. First one here, I believe. Yep. This is from our friend Kevin in the chat here, a.k.a. Bango something on Instagram. (laughs) Going with a three-way tie. Mando to see him claim the Mandalore throne, Ahsoka to see Thrawn, BB to see more Mount Tantis. 
So Kevin oh. is a, a definitely a scholar of written Star Wars, so he is smarter and more advanced than us. Yeah, indeed. Because uh, <laughs> unless they're moving pictures, like beep, 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 beep. I, it, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I gotta, like, I gotta, like, I keep saying this and I even say this to Taylor because she's like, oh, why don't you bring a book with us on vacation or something like that? And I was like, yeah, I'll bring one. And then I bring it and never fuck. I just need to finish reading because I have two of the High Republic books. The first two of the High Republic books in the series, I got halfway through one and stopped. And now I have the whole to finish that and i have a whole other book <laughs> hey, well, apparently it's 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 it's, it's slapping for up. most people now yeah. so you, it might not be a wasted effort anymore no, now yeah, you've, no. you've let you've let the the franchise or, or that that era of the franchise Develop stew a, a bit. bit so yeah now you've got a fully developed era to explore kevin in here saying uh she's gonna be <laughs> spitting the the M hook from forgot about Dre. Yes. Well, guess what? Oh no. One of her favorite things from 2022 was the Dr. Dre Super Bowl halftime performance. <laughs> and she just put it on to watch by herself, uh, last weekend. Like she, we wow. have it on Apple TV. She'll pull up the entire performance. She has her own dance routines, everything. And of course, dad, when they're, when, when they start talking, he's got to throw in the swear words and not the <laughs> version. <laughs> Uh, like Snoop Dogg, motherfucker. Where <laughs> she just looks at me like, "You are a piece of like, shit." Dad, yeah, exactly. Like, it's gotten to the point, dude, where I, I get a little loopy on the weekends, and it, it, it's not—it's not like I'm cracked or anything. I'm just—I'm kind of a goofy person. I, I don't like to—I'm not normal, as most of you have figured out by now. <laughs> but it gets to the point where I'm already that type of dad, where I grate on on the kid because he's like, "Dad, sometimes you're just too goofy for me." Okay, you just you just get a little too crazy. He's like, "All right, I, I got you. I won't do it in front of your friends, but you're never gonna have a boring father. I can guarantee you that." All right, up next, action figure snaps. Our boy Adrian, who has confirmed that he still likes us, and he is going to send us uh, some gifts to pay you respects to our great. You don't have to do that, Adrian. Don't feel guilty. But yeah, he asks, he's like, "So, what are all these shirts you want made?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't remember anything I say on the show. Oh, I'm pretty sure like, that's all a joke. They, they were shirts for Nick that, like, I is what was it like? I hate Andor or something like oh, this yeah. stuff like that. Like that. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, don't don't listen to me. But uh, if you got some official Bad Batch stuff and you're willing to send it, we'll take it. Um, but Adrian's saying, Mando, I just love this show and want to see Din and Grogu on more adventures. Uh, I think he, oh. that sentiment is shared with a lot of Star Wars fans. Thanks. And then finally, our boy Rippick Tan here. Uh, I'm tied up for Mando, Esther, and Ahsoka. Both have such an intense story to pick up and tell. The fate of the Darksaber, Mandalore, Grogu, and Din as a Mando, all huge storylines. The Ahsoka has her search for Thrawn and Ezra with the Rebels crew. Crazy shit we're dealing with next year. Plus, I still need Hondo in live action, and I'm hoping he shows up in Ahsoka. Well, you might not be far off, Rippick, because if, if MSW was seeing the, the mask he thought he was seeing... He could be in Ahsoka or Skeleton Crew. All right, I'm now going to turn over the rest of this segment to Nick, who has called some responses from the post. These are usually a little more pointed and, and angry, so we'll see. What uh, I didn't pick out angry ones. There was a response by somebody I don't remember because we had 19 responses on this post, so the, 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 the folks came out. Somebody said, none because Star Wars has become too oversaturated. Um, I did not pick that one and I don't remember who said it, but that was one of the responses. Um, 
Anyway, of the responses that I did pick, South P24 says, Mando, hands down. We've built up a connection to the character and I'm fully invested. While Andor was a solid show, there is more emotional connection to Mando and Grogu's I, I story. I agree with that. Do you? I mean, I like, listen, yeah. Andor was way more adult, better acted, better scripted, everything better. But I did not feel that deep, I'm going to like blubber down connection to it like yeah. I do with Mando because of Grogu, the Luke moment, the Bond, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely that's kind of what I said at in our like put Andor to bed segment uh, was probably the best made Star Wars show, not my favorite Star Wars show. And that's kind of what I mean by it is mm-hmm. is, is what mm-hmm. South Peace saying here. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. I mean, like, like to me, the Mandalorian has the same allure over me uh, as as the you know original trilogy. That that type of content, like it's it's sacred to yeah. me. So good All right. stuff. All right, we South agree P. this time, South P. <laughs> uh, Tones one one three eight, our super fan says Mando for sure, but very intrigued for Skeleton Crew. Love the unknown, and it will hopefully not disappoint. Jude Law and Star Wars should be awesome. Right. Law and yeah, Star dude, Wars I see be. I'm like I'm 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 coming over to your side uh, for two reasons. A new is always great. B new means hopefully zero easter eggs and references. So yeah, man. these <laughs> Ahsoka and Skeleton crew could be nice easy breakdowns cuz my friends, I'm in for a world of hurt this March. When Bad Batch and Mando are doubling up, especially when we have a Bad Batch double episode with Mando. Just think about just, like someone that's goofy like me and does shit that he doesn't need to do. That is going to break my soul. All right. Thank you. Oof, man. Two, two yeah. cartoons and a Mando that, that, same day. That, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, that oh! is going to be, that's going to be difficult. For I sure. need and that's why I told you, I was like, Hey man, maybe just, choose one of them <laughs> like maybe only do the mando breakdown and we could talk about uh bad bash on the dude show. i i wish i wish i could and you're 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 100 right there, there's no reason i need to bend over backwards and do what i do because no one no one looks at it you know a few hundred people here or there sometimes a few thousand that that ain't worth getting up early and doing six hours of work before real work but i can't help it i i, I know it's coming I'll sit here and bitch about until it comes and, and I'll be, you know, and now it's going to be like 12 hours of work before <laughs> work. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm probably going to do Mando work and then Bad Batch. I think that's how this is going to go. I mean, there, there's still going to be very long Wednesdays and Nick's sitting there laughing at me as he should. I, I, I need to figure out whatever Nick figured out where he could just break himself away from his Star Wars fanboyism and just become kind of a normal person that talks about it one day a week. I just enjoy it. That's what I do. I just enjoy it. And I'm like, this is never going to be my full-time job. So I'm going to enjoy it. (laughs) I can't enjoy anything in life, Nick. So it makes sense that I ruin this for, (laughs) for myself too. So, oh, well, oh, man. anyway, all right, last one, last, Who do we got? last one here is this is from Xavier underscore Y underscore S. He says, Ahsoka Mandalorian is hands down, probably the best series, but I want to know what happened to Ahsoka after Clone Wars. So, mm-hmm. uh, for, for Xavier, if you did want to catch up on Ahsoka right after Clone Wars, make sure you watch Rebels because she plays a heavy yeah, part I, in that. I would, I'd, write, I'd say Tales of the Jedi and then Tales into the Rebels Jedi. because yeah. I don't think Ahsoka is going to spend a lot of time 
in like the immediate post Clone Wars yeah, timeline. You're nah. going to be in the Mando timeline for Ahsoka. So, yeah, definitely watch Tales of the Jedi if you haven't watched that yet. Very quick to get through. Watch Star Wars Rebels. You'll catch up on her there. And then obviously I'm assuming that you've seen her in Mando season two because you said Mando is your favorite series. So I did. Um, I'm telling you, I, I feel like there's been a rebirth of one six shooter to where he I think he's becoming a bigger curmudgeon than even me. Because <laughs> he just said so everyone wants nostalgia callbacks and fan service over better <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> there's the wink. He hit us with the winky face. Ah, I love him, man. Um, I love it. <laughs> hey, man. Hey man, that's right. But, but baby. the funny thing is, he's right because. But then you'll have people when Mando comes back, be like, "Oh, this is a bunch of fan service." <laughs> we just this fandom just fucking sucks. All right, you it's just like, gotta no, get Star, used to Star it, Wars man. fans want whatever is not available to them right, at the yeah. moment. If it's not <laughs> their thing, then it blows. If it's their thing, it's great. But yeah, I like that one, Trevor. Thank you. Yeah. But hey, man. I love it. Uh, what can I say? Right, I like right. seeing I like seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi throw rocks at Darth Vader and then stand over him and be like, now I have the high ground, bitch. And that's what uh, I just I like. love how fucking angry Star Wars fans are. It's so cool. It's so good. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I don't need to be in this unit. Like I'm someone that is has so much natural anger. It's not good that I play in a sandbox that is full of angry people. Uh, True. Uh, dude, t- d- d- go do something. Move All the show right, along. top All right, five <laughs> time, everybody. It's time to move into our final part of the fan segment this week, and that is the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. This week we're running twelve five through twelve twelve, and you can get involved in this segment uh, by one tagging help. us in your Star Wars photos at Star Wars Time Show, and then using the hashtag Star Wars Time Show on your posts as well. That will put them on Matt's radar. Matt will pick his favorites from the tags that week. And then from Matt's tags, I will pick my top five. And that is how it works. What is wrong with me? Someone take me off. Stop it. I wish I had a producer here to cut my camera and everything. I can't fuck. I'm cheesing. I'm having a full on cheese. I haven't had any (laughs) medicine or anything. He can't handle it. I don't it. even know. I don't, it's not even like Trevor's trying to be funny. I just, I, I holy shit. <laughs> and I'm thinking about something I heard on Stern recently. Now I'm completely lost, but it was this bit uh, <laughs> where, oh, fuck. It, 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 uh, it, either way, it was a bit. They, they're doing something. <laughs> and an Amish guy calls him. He's like, oh, I can't even believe I'm using a phone. <laughs> oh, my God. What the, yeah, this is a this is a Dude, very I, random. Trust me, I'm having a show in my own head right now. That's why you just need to keep going. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, let's see if this gets Matt back on track. Our first up for the top five this week is at okay. Zord dot photography, and he has an awesome. It's not re- I mean, like it is kind of a scene recreation from Clone War season seven, where we see our good friends Ahsoka and Bo Katan escorting uh the captured <sighs> mall out in the tar vizsla uh what would it be like sarcophagus or whatever no, they, they actually made oh, i think i'm back all right here we go <clears throat> they they explained very briefly in the final season of clone wars that these were essentially prison cells made for jedi made for jedi yes that's yeah. what it was for force users yeah yes so 
Um, it's an awesome shot. I remember when these figures came out. I mean, it it's just a perfect. It has the perfect amount of just like lights and you know a little bit of lights, some light atmosphere in there as well. The this the posing of all the characters is fantastic, and it really does just like this is also like a good thing to just kind of like get you hyped up for for season three of Mando because you're going to be delving even deeper into Mandalorian lore. So. Good shit by Zord photography. Yeah, Zord just, I mean, the dude's got some of the, the most identical Hot Toys figures on the planet. Like, like good yeah. for this person. I, I'm jealous to be able to buy like nine or Multiple. ten of the 336 yeah. clones, a couple Death Watch. And they always get them early. Like like my, my Bo-Katan will probably show up next summer because I'm, I'm on like the payment plans with Sideshow. And it, if you go on a payment plan, it seems you you literally get yours dead fucking last. They're like, screw <laughs> you, pal. And it's like I could buy them straight up, but it's it's easier to spend thousands of dollars a year if you just do payment plans because then you don't realize that you're spending thousands of dollars a year. So for those of you looking to get into collecting hot toys, that's how to do it payment plans because then you're like oh it's only 50 dollars and then at the end of the year you're like holy shit i could have bought a small vehicle good for me (laughs) there you go there you go so at zord.photography awesome setup here make sure to give them a follow next up is Uh, tattoo artist at cody underscore tweety i was was very happy to see this again i think cody's been in the in the stream so cody he has been I don't know if you've, you've been listening, but you've got to do ad tag Star Wars time show now. You can't even like just type at Star Wars time show. So use the hashtag, but but do ad tag Star Wars time show because Instagram is making it a bitch it to is. see posts that people just use the hashtag or just type at Star Wars time show in their caption. But I was I was pumped to finally uh, to see that IG was allowing us to see a Cody Tweety Star Wars tattoo again, oh, Nick. So go ahead. What, what do we got here? It's some here? good stuff. So what we have here, this is clearly like oh. a like an homage to the sequel trilogy. So what we see is like an American traditional style almost. That's what I would call it, at least. Obviously, I don't know too much about tattoos, but it gives me American traditional vibes. Uh, a rendering of Leia's lights. traditional is where we're at okay. with this. Cool, cool. So like... Leia's lightsaber and then kind of around it you see Han's dice that yep. that Luke gave to her at the end of TLJ. Um you also see off to the side you see a porg that is almost wearing like a Chewbacca he is, style he's got, bandolier. He's got Chewbacca's bandolier. Uh, you get to, you get to see some uh like a little X-wing off in the background there, some stars that are put in the side as well and then some beautiful leaves that are just kind of uh in the background behind Leia's saber. Uh, it's it's a very well executed tattoo that really is kind of like an homage to the Han and Leia relationship yeah, that no, we it's, see it's through the sequel trilogy. Hey, do you so, see how yeah. this person's skin has reacted here? Like, you see how it's a getting little puffy bit. where the dots are at? See, that's what I yeah. fear with my my skin disease is that. But that's like right once like they you're start, always it, it would get. It would get Dude, I'm telling you, like I could scratch my skin and I almost get like raised yeah. hives just from. No, that's what that's scratches. what like Taylor Taylor has very similar reactions okay. to like with her skin too. Like not probably not to the degree that you have, but like she does have like reactions to like if she like scratches her skin or if like one of the animals like scratches her skin right. or something like that, it gets raised. 
but like she has multiple tattoos and has never really had an issue with that. I will say that like in long sessions, like your skin does like you're going to swell and like the tattoo artist will be able to say like, okay, like we can't go anymore right now because your, your skin's too sensitive and swollen. And then they'll just like schedule another session. But all right, hey, usually look at this. red like, Arbor tattoos and fine art joining here. This, I think that's where um, the Cody's dots are out fresh. Of. And yeah, nice. so the, so the dots were added. Those are all new. Where the what the the piece the of art we're talking funny. about has existed. Yeah. So there you go. So like the 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 dots that you were calling out were new, and that's typically what happens. Like with new stuff, it's like a little okay. swollen, little red, and then after a while, yeah, it comes I, back I feel out. like if I got a tattoo, I would turn into the Michelin Man. You know, or, just, <laughs> or a state of marshmallow man. Start, you have to start small. Start with a small tattoo, see how your skin reacts, and then move on from hey, there. But anyway, Cody said if, if he's ever in the Midwest or if I can ever get my fat ass to his shop, he would he would ink me up. So there you go. There and you and go. that so, that would be the guy. I mean, Cody, like yeah. clearly he's Star he's a Star Wars, Wars specialty. Fan, but yeah, but then can also translate it onto skin. And and if I'm getting yeah. a Star Wars tattoo, I want it from a Star Wars fan. Hey man, right here on his on his Instagram recently, uh, 14th annual Minneapolis Tattoo Arts Festival, oh, January sixth through to, January eighth. You want me to go 8th. to Minnesota? Minnesota. Hey, <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> I'm even. I'm even developing a stupid ass Midwest accent now. God, I hate living in Ohio. Man, but hey, uh, he, he said that's still on the table. So. Nick, I don't know, one of these days with your big bucks, just fly my ass to, to Red Red Arbor Tattoos and let's let's get a tattoo together. We'll, we'll see. We'll, uh, maybe, maybe we can we'll make We'll expense it the trip. <laughs> maybe we can make, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we make so much money stuff. over here, we'll expense yeah. this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, all right. So at, at Cody, Cody underscore tweet. There you go. On my man, my man, are the, one of the only tattooers that, that tags us. Hopefully get some more friends to get us down. Yeah. Uh, hey, Ink Master's back. Maybe we'll get Cody on the next season of Ink Master. Let's go. Gotta get him up there. Let's do it. All right. Next up, we have. Look at this, look at this fine piece of art. Beautiful. Here. At Uzuri Art. That's at U-Z-U-R-I-A-R-T on Instagram. And it is a, it is a beautiful little homage to all of the Jedi as, as Ray would say at the end of Tross. So what we see here is central figure in full color rendition is Ray hoisting the Skywalker family blade and in the background behind her all beautifully uh, melded into the Jedi insignia. The Jedi logo is Yoda, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mace Windu, Luke Skywalker, Qui-Gon Jinn, Ayala Sakura, then you have on the left side, you have Anakin Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, uh, it's Kane all the, and Jarrus. It's all the people that spoke during her moment, right? Yes, it was all the people that yeah. spoke during her moment. So so all of them are there, and it's just, it, it's a beautiful piece of artwork, like true artwork from Uzuri Art. Um, and do this you is feel like this was I, a missed moment, Nick? A lot of people, and I think I'm one of them, do you, do you think they should have included some of the force ghosts in that moment where she's like, I am all the Jedi and they're kind of behind her or I, I do think that there should have been some sort of force ghost representation, even if it was just Just like Anakin, Obi and like, yeah, like Anakin, Obi and Luke or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that would be like, the perfect ones for right. to to show up in her. Journey. I mean, Obi Wan was in her first Force vision in the Force Awakens. Like that's his. Yeah. He's literally saying, "Ray, you have taken these your, are first, your steps. first steps. Yeah, these are your yeah. first steps." And then they just, oh yeah, well, Obi Wan, fuck, who cares? Yeah. 
Yay, the cat's uh, back. You should saw this little lady uh, before we went. She just stared at Nick and she's like, hey, meatbag, touch me and just reached out. And like, she pet, likes to like paw that his face. To yeah, her, she's she like, hey, dickhead, paw. down here, down here. <laughs> I love cats. Uh, so, yeah, so beautiful work here at Uzuri Arts on Instagram. That, that's a tattoo right there. Yeah, it is. That'd Uzuri Art is just fucking just amazing amazing artists and, and you know they're amazing when when our uh followers give art love when we over feature. 500 likes yeah almost. like that 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 means this is fucking immaculate because usually Thick. as you can see with cody's if we veer from toy photography even even lego photography sometimes bombs out uh, but the fact that uh, uziri here just kicked ass even on our shitty feed just speaks volumes about their abilities just indeed amazing good shit all right. Next up in the top five, we have action figure snaps. We were just talking right. about them. Uh, the action figure snaps, putting out some awesome work here. And what we see is Anakin flanked by his boys in the, on the battlefield. And like this, this kind of reminds me of like a Sir Dork shot because action figure snaps has got the Boca going. It kind of yeah. reminds me a little bit of old everything Kylo shots, very action oriented. Um, I just think that that Adrian here has done a fantastic job of of making the fighting 501st uh, look, look like uh, they're fighting. Action. Yeah, look like yeah. they're fighting. Uh, so, yeah, good, good stuff there. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's a nice use of that battlefront trooper, the blue guy. That's one I never got. And I think I am fully have broken myself of collecting Black Series. I uh, I have a stack sitting next to me from Kenobi. Haven't even opened them. No motivation to open them. I've been out at Targets and seen stuff that you can't usually get, and I'm not getting them. So, Nick, I think I did it. Did I think it. I, I think I cut That's the Black one, Series one from my life. One addiction cut. Right, but I still probably have close to 100 that I've collected over the past year and a half that need shots, so I still have that pressure uh, to yeah. do something. It, it, it's a sickness that I need help with. I mean, I'm... There are some days I come down here and see all my unopened shit, and I just want to put them in a laundry basket, put a sign on it that says like a thousand dollars, and just post it and be like, "Listen, whoever claims this shit, whatever's in here, it's yours for a grand." And you you would be getting way more than a thousand dollars worth of toys that are brand new. They're just out of their boxes. <laughs> you just need because I like go killing value. And, you need to just go through and do a, another eBay spree like you did I with know man but it's Pofunkos. it's like I don't I don't know if it's like a, a depression ADHD but when I see these piles of figures that I bought and never shot their boxes are tucked away in random attics I just go yep nope not gonna fuck with that you know <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like twofold it's this. like I don't want to shoot them because there's so many and it's it's that's like it's putting stress on me and if I'm getting stressed out thinking about toy photography then why the fuck do I want to do toy photography and then the other one is I just I, if I just get rid of all these then I don't have to deal with that stress anymore so that's kind of where I'm at still still digging the hot toys still plan to one day shoot some 112 scale again at least the ones that I have open but man if you if you catch me on the right day right day these these uh, times in my life, and you're like, hey, do you got that figure? You, you might get it for for a fee, of course. I'm not I'm not giving shit away <laughs> for free. I already give you my my time every Tuesday for Christ's sake. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's our boy at Action Figure Snaps, one of our most loyal and longtime listeners out there. We speak his name. Indeed, beautiful work there. 
And the final entry in this week's top five goes to at Amusing King. And he gives us a, a beautiful shot of the lovers from Rebels of Kane and Jarrus and Harrison Dula standing uh, in front of their vanquished foes, Kanan with his lightsaber ignited and pistol drawn, and then obviously Hera with her two weapons drawn as well, standing back to back. It's just, it's it's one of those things where like, I feel like the Rebels characters are probably some of the most ignored characters in toy photography because it was a shorter run show. Yep. Um, but these two together, the way that Amusing King has set this up, is it just looks so fantastic. Yeah, no, Amusing King is really good at, uh, like, portrait-style setups that aren't, you know, a traditional portrait. Hey, here's the face. But they're, they're non-action shots, but they, they also feel like there's a story behind them. You know what I mean? It, it, it's yeah. hard to sell a story with a portrait because it's literally a fucking portrait. You really you usually just see one character, characters taking up most of the uh, field of view. But here, while they're not posed, you know, dynamically or, or doing something crazy action, as Nick said, you, you still feel like something happened in this scene. And, and we can, as, as the viewer, can decide what happened. But th- this is what I need to get back to. This is, this is my, my preferred style. Like, well, you know, layering the shot a bit, not just lining it up against a, a digi or a black background, but, you know, having some stuff in the background to add that, that the, the layering and a, and a bit of a depth to the shot and not getting too crazy with, Hey, let's, let's sir dork it. You know, that, that, that's his thing that he kicks ass at that type of stuff. And I think sometimes we all, we all, and it makes sense. We, we emulate our heroes. Why not? I mean, that, that's how you're going to get better. Uh, but I, I at least personally got a little too far off the rails from what I used to enjoy doing. I think that's what ruined some of the hobby for myself. So I just, it, like I said, dude, it's if I can get over seeing the lumps of shit and by shit, I mean figures, mm-hmm. I want to get back to doing it. It's just, you know, how I'm sure there's things in your life where it's like, I used to like doing this and I want to do it again. But every time I think about doing it, my brain is is telling me no for some reason. And a lot yeah. of times the no is because I just look at everything. I'm like, fuck, if I start shooting that one, I'm going to have to shoot the other 50. Dude, all of the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it is like, well, fuck it. I'll just game then. <laughs> Forget about <laughs> I'll it. I'll just, just do let them something keep else entirely. Up. Yeah. There you go. You, you understand. All right. Was it, yeah. That was our last one. That's okay. the end of the top five. That's the end of the Woo. show. So, Matt, take us home. All right, my friends. I, I don't know if we'll give you a three hour show next week. We've given you a few of those throughout this Andor run. And uh, Nick doesn't like being on overtime. It costs me extra. So we'll, we'll try to keep things a little more whittled down next week. But next week should be, it's a celebration. Unless something pops up, more rumors, more leaks, we plan on doing our Andor Season 2 special topic, which is going to revolve around 11 Rogue One characters that we feel need to be in Andor Season 2. And then we're also going to do our end of the year kind of countdown our, our our top moments of 2022 and maybe if we feel like it maybe we'll even, even sprinkle in a few shitty moments if we can remember them i i know for me at least it's going to require me to get on the site starwarstime.net where you should go at the end of every star wars time show and i'm going to check out the what's new section and just scroll for days and see you know what did we talk about throughout the year because you know me and this kid we do a lot of fucking talking about star wars throughout a year pretty much what would you say about 50 weeks a year we, yeah. we might take two weeks off yeah so 
Uh, we'll we'll, we'll kind of have our, our end of year Star Wars time show retrospective next week as well. Week of after Christmas, we're taking off, but then we'll be back for a special engagement, one week only, doing the show live on a Wednesday instead of Tuesday, and it just so happens to be Bad Batch Season 2 premiere day. Uh, so make sure to you know come in for the fun next week, take a break with us the week after, and then we're going to be back, ready to lay down another 50 fucking shows with no break. Start breaking down the Bad Batch, leading into Mandalorian, then into Ahsoka, then Skeleton Crew, Visions, and we'll be back to this time next year. All right, people, StarWarsTime.net. Give it a look. Give it a click. This is where you can find links to the podcast platforms we're on, and we're on most of them. And it's the same show you get on the live stream. So if you don't like looking at our dumb faces or getting in the chat, we always have the podcasts go out on Wednesdays for your listening devices and pleasure. But again, you can find that information over at StarWarsTime.net as well as handy-dandy sublinks to YouTube if you would prefer to watch the show live Tuesdays, 2.30p East, YouTube.com, at Star Wars Time Show. I've noticed that now on YouTube. You can now at Star Wars Time Show, and you will find our lovely home on the tube. <laughs> Ah, woo! That was a fun one today. I always like laughing like that, especially when it just comes from nowhere. Like that was just yeah, that was, complete that was very random nonsense over a, a thing I thought was funny that Trevor texted, and then it got into me replaying phony phone calls from the Stern Show. We speak his name. He's the greatest broadcaster of all time. We only hope to be like him one day. All right, people, there's always time for Star Wars time, and you know the deal. If you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you always. Just in time for my HVAC system to kick on. (laughs) 